0: Greetings from the Seventh
1: Circle. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Seventh Circle of Film. I'm your host, Kieran, and joining me, as always from now on, welcome to the fresh hell. Welcome to the reoccurring little groundhog day that is this fucking show, mate. Is Ty. (laughs) Hello. I am here now. Fear me. Oh, God, fear us all. This day, I'm using new recording software because of some technical issues. So... I apologise for the mistakes that are inevitable. So we, for new listeners and the like, what we do usually is go through horror franchises from the original best, the classic, cult classic, all the way down to the fucking 10th straight to DBT schlock. Not quite so today. (laughs) I... (laughs) do a little bit of background for this basically i was i was going over ideas of tie on a back and forth on you got any idea on what you want to do what you want to push on and he showed me a film from 1988 that was the weirdest fucking most bizarre thing that i absolutely fucking had to cover no choice in like not touching on because it's fucking amazing And ended up pun completely intended going down the rabbit hole on Frank, bizarre fucking Alice in Wonderland uh, adaptations. (laughs) There are so many of them. (laughs) They get fucking weirder and weirder as you go down. It's incredible. Uh, Yeah, this is a trip on par with the fucking White Rabbit stuff. We're going on a proper Hunter S. Thompson style traverse through the Alice in Wonderland adaptations. We're going to start with what I consider the best when we get into it. And we're going to go into depth on that. Then we're going to kind of cursory glance over some of the other weirder and some of the some of the mainstream ones as well. Because hey, you fucking have to at least touch on the Disney one once during a conversations yes. like this. But <laughs> I don't. I don't ever. I've never done like fucking trigger warnings. We have to do trigger warnings for porn. Right. <laughs> <later in.
0: laughs> As long as we don't describe it in detail. We're not,
1: I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna at all. I'll tell you when we get to that point, so if you want to fucking skip through that, but I'm not gonna go over the fucking. I mean, it's 70s shit, it's softcore crap, it's not like the, the weird stepsister stuff you get nowadays. It's more a um that IT crowd gay play that they had going on. It's, it's that kind of level of. They're dressed in a revealing way. My god, their ankles are showing.
0: So just to give a little bit of context, that's not the film we're going to be talking about in depth.
1: No, no, that's not the best adaptation.
0: <laughs> I'm not fucking that's sitting not on that. That's not the old... video I showed. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: on I ideas.
1: We've just become a horror porn podcast for the rest of time. Creepy going through Rule 34 um, Nemesis with Steph next time rather than doing the CGI film. That's a fucking train wreck. I looked that shit up after he mentioned it. This mistake, huge fucking mistake. Uh, yeah, the the ones we're gonna, the one we're gonna push on them um, properly is uh, it's a nineteen eighty eight. Uh, should be Czechoslovakian, wouldn't it? Not Czech Republic. We'd going I'll be gonna say Czechoslovakian anyway, just because it's yeah. easier to just uh, standardize it to one. Uh, done by, and I've actually fucking looked this up because it it's fascinating. Uh, Jan Svadma and I still fuck it up. I have to go through a load of this shit. A uh, award-winning like, hometown hero, country hero in animation and puppetry. He's done some really bizarre shit, some of which I've now sat down and watched. And it's it's fucking fascinating, this guy. And the stuff he's done. Still alive as well. It's like 88 now. Hmm. Uh, still kicking. He looks like um, deranged Santa Claus, but... He looks like exactly the type of person... Who would make the film we're about to describe? It looks like if I was going to make Santa for Alice, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, before you probably do jump into that, just on a general note, anyway, what what does actually make a good? I know we we kind of touched on this when we did Silent Hill before, asking what made a good uh, video game adaptation specifically in Silent Hill adaptation, and a, a slight apologies to video games because I think this has kind of opened my eyes to some extent. I know that sounds a bit cliche, having an epiphany over one film coming out. But um, I've kind of moved my opinion away from what makes a good video game adaptation. Fuck that. To what makes a good specific this video game? How can you adapt it? How can you adapt it well? Rather than lumping them under one fucking bush, like some mm. '60s fucking boomer terrified of the kiddies being influenced, linking GTA with Mario and shit. And so Silent Hill, in that case, yeah, it's what makes a good Silent Hill adaptation. In this case, what makes a good Alice in Wonderland adaptation? If you're going to push on that, for you at least, Ty.
0: Yeah. What so. would make a good adaptation of Alice in Wonderland? the The thing is, the just reading the book alone, I would almost say it wouldn't make a good film adaptation because it is both uh, both books, Alice in Wonderland and through the look uh, through the Looking Glass. It is basically absurdism mixed with some poetry, and. It wouldn't make a mainstream film <laughs> like it it wouldn't make a good one but if you were to be true to the source material you would need exactly that absurd visuals mixed with either unnerving dialogue or as this film proves just an unnerving tone altogether
1: one of the problems you get you don't really have a hero's in the looking glass sort, I think you sort of do I suppose, is you've got the um, pawn to queen thing going over and you could mess with that, just a road down. But it's more this happens, then this happens, then this happens, certainly in the first book. Um, Yeah,
0: it is purely Alice walks into a room, blinks her eyes, and now all of a sudden is in a completely different situation. Like, I mean, that's one of the scenes in Through the Looking Glass. She's running through the forest with a red piece, I believe. And then all of a sudden she's on a train, like literally the next page.
1: Oh, you have that at the end as well. You go from uh, the, her sitting down in the feast with the Red Queen, White Queen, and then it instantly turns to the Red Queen's a tiny doll, miniature, uh, the soups talking to her, the plum puddings having a go at eating her for yeah. after being introduced. Oh, I, forgot. I didn't realise how funny they were. Was, I, I only read them just before doing this, because I watched the films and then I thought, fuck it, I might as well read two books because they're not that long. And then they're free, obviously they're online. Um, Which is probably why there are so many adaptations when you're in the public domain. Hey, might as well take a shot at it.
0: Yeah.
1: You, you, you go as well, I think beyond just the hero's uh, journey problem and not really conforming to any proper traditional narrative. After like, what is it, seven stories that people have wrote? So as it falls within the comedy, nothing really happens, nothing's really accomplished. But even then, it's a it's a bit too out there. Um the, the books are just really funny and wrote in a way that I think only works in that format in terms of how the jokes are uh, placed. It's it's all wordplay, it's all a sentier like airplane style, there are semi puns in it. I suppose, just using the uh, linguistic nature, messing with um, homophones, messing with uh, homonyms, just to (laughs) create humorous uh, situations. Like where um, there's a point in the first book where the mouse is sitting around with Alice, they're both really wet, after she cries a fucking river, and they're at the top, and uh, Alice says, you know, we need to dry off. And so the mouse decides to dry her off by giving a really fucking boring dry speech about William the Conqueror doing all sorts of shit, which is something that can't be transitioned to film format, really. It's something that just doesn't work (laughs) in the same way. It's it's that, um, I don't know, It, it really is just something that works far better in the written format, which is why I think when you transition something like this, something like Alice in Wonderland, that relies so heavily on prose, relies so heavily on poetry especially as well, which works a lot better in written than it does mm. oral, or in film, at least I think. When I mean, you need to move that over, you need to take into account that you've got a completely different format, different uh, medium to use. You've got a completely different sense you're making use of. You know, you're making use of the eyes as well, and you need to uh, stimulate that. Mm. So you need to take not really the um, the words, not the content, to some extent. In what's proposed out and this is going to sound really fucking pretentious literature student style but bear with me you don't take the content word for word you don't take the content beat for beat what you do is you take the tone you take the intention of the content you take what it wanted to evoke emotionally within the person within the audience and you find what the new medium what the new uh, so in this case film you find the visuals and you use the visuals instead to create that feeling create that emotion within the viewer within the person consuming your content Mm-hmm. which is why I think the 88 version is so good, because it, it doesn't make the same mistake that so many other versions do, which is okay, so this is what happens in Alice in Wonderland, so let's just take all that and just do it visually. What the 88 version does is, this is what Alice what Alice in Wonderland makes you feel. It makes you feel fucking confused.
0: <laughs> it is confusing, nonsensical, uh, insane, <laughs> and that just unreal, because it's not unnerving. Like I don't find this film. Well, apart from one particular puppet, but like overall, I wouldn't say this is like an unnerving film. This is just a
1: what the fuck film, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think the book's exactly the same way. It, the, the whole book is just what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. And you could do that. You could transition that straight into film. It wouldn't work nearly as fucking well. But they they yeah. take the feel of it. They take what it makes people feel and they push that into the visual aspect. And I, I disagree, to be honest, with the unnerving part. I think there's a lot of bits in it that are just plainly disturbing.
0: <laughs> it has been a while since I first watched it.
1: Uh, I've watched it recently, but I've
0: just got nothing but good memories from it. I adore this film.
1: I, it's not for fucking kids. That's for sure.
0: No, I, I would not Alice. a little fucking child. fucking lying at the beginning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, she's was it a story for children? Oh, she does, to be fair, say a of story for children. Shut your eyes. Yeah, it's fucking the best advice you can get off anyone in these fucking things.
0: That literally is like one of the first lines of the whole film. Like two minutes in, this is a story for children. Shut your eyes, <laughs> otherwise you won't be able to see.
1: Oh, I'll just this be is traumatized. they will be clawing their own fucking eyes out, thinking this. Oh, Jesus Christ, that rabbit! <laughs> it's ingrained it's like you know uh water down the personification of the rabbit reaper is this fucking thing alice in wonderland stuff adaptations there have been so many so many done well um the disney version i want to kind of clarify before we do jump into it later that i actually quite like it i watched it again originally i thought it was mediocre but I hadn't watched it in fucking years and kind of forgotten about it but it's not too bad and it's very faithful the Disney version, mm. to be fair to it. Um, there's some stuff from In the Looking Glass that's kind of shoved in as well, as yep. is the same with most of the adaptations. Most
0: uh, of the adaptations are surprisingly more based off of Through the Looking Glass than Alice in Wonderland.
1: In the Looking Glass got more to it, to be fair. I mean, that's substance-wise, Alice in Wonderland oh, hasn't actually got that much that can transition directly into films. It's mostly talking. With stuff yeah. back and forth, which just especially in a like children's film context, you can't do that. Um, which is why, again, you go to the visual aspect, which is what Eighty Eight did really smartly. Is Eighty Eight mm. is incredibly faithful, uh, the Jan Svigur version. It uh, you got some yeah. stuff that's missing. Obviously, you got uh, the Mock Turtles aren't in it in the Red Queen section. The Cheshire Cat is obviously missing. Um, the Duchess mm. is missing. But otherwise... a baby is... Yeah, it's fucking... Jesus. The more I remember it, the more I fucking... The repressed memories just come into the forefront. Do you remember that horrific shit? Do you remember the frog soldier? That disgusting fucking thing. Do you remember Bill's skeletal corpse? Fucking horrible. (laughs) It was surprisingly faithful. Of the lot of them. I think she fed the most... Of any of the adaptations, actually no, the the nineteen oh three version. That's that was beat for beat pretty much, but to be fair, it's a film from nineteen oh fucking three. Kate Beckinsale, that was on through the Looking Glass. Um, the fucking self-insert emo shit. That was pretty unfaithful. And fucking viewers, drumroll please, I know you you'd be fucking surprised by this, but the porn version, very faithful, incredible no it fucking wasn't, it's was about as far from the fucking original as you're possible to get hell
0: oh. story beats when it has
1: the There's fucking,
0: fucking in between.
1: <laughs> what was the moral again fucking don't take vows of chastity get it on pretty much have fun with life I think to do so uh, yeah jumping properly into Alice 1988 and this is the only film we're going to properly cover this why I said it's going to be slightly different than usual. We are going to jump onto the rest but um uh, yeah, I just want to do it this way because I wanted to make people aware that this film existed. that's the point the kind of the point of this show at any point um is I wanted to find out about new stuff you know sequels find the hidden gems that no one had heard about or well, very few people. I don't want to be that arrogant. So, I found a new fucking film, Christopher Columbus style. Have discovered a new place. Who are these fucking people <laughs> that have already found it? So, this is yeah, Czechoslovakian, nineteen eighty-eight. So that's during a USSR rule. The mm. um for the Berlin Wall. I think Czech were out of it before then. Not f- long before though. Director writer yeah, Jan Svank- Svankmajer. I'm going with admire, Yeah. So I watched have you seen any of his stuff, his other things?
0: Uh yes, I have, and it's it's all <laughs> I wouldn't say it's all much of a muchness, because that makes it sound like similar, but it's all similar in the sense that they're all fucking insane um and wonderful <laughs> and uh an absolute joy to behold.
1: Which ones have you seen?
0: Uh, I've seen the one where it's literally a piece of meat oh meat uh, love falling in That's yeah, yeah meat, love, that's meat it. love meat love um what was the other one I watched? It was something called like uh darkness into light into darkness
1: I think that one i haven't
0: um it's the one with the
1: plasticine man oh uh, no shit no where where he he like eats the other plasticine man and they they' kind of all come together again. is it that one? Or am I think it's something uh, completely different?
0: Slightly different. Uh, it starts off with his hands crawling around. Uh, then eyeballs fly in. The hand kind of pokes the eyeballs into its fingers so it can see. And then like a bat creature made of ears comes in. <laughs> rip off the ears, put them on another hand. Then the nose and head come in. They rip each other apart and stick them onto the hands. Uh, onto the face rather then feet come in, then uh, a brain, a tongue, and teeth. Then a dick, and then a torso. Also...
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> pretty indicative of most of his <laughs> stuff. To be fair, um, the the only I, I watched a lot of his shorts. I watched Meat Love as well, which was an advertisement about two slabs of meat falling in love. Which is really good, actually. Really uh, really well done. Everything fucking was. Uh, the other big... He did two other really big films. First first one's Lesson Faust, which I haven't seen. I've heard some really good stuff about, which is uh, Swan makes a deal with the devil and turns into a marionette. That's okay. apparently really decent. Uh, the one I have seen is from a Czechoslovakian folk tale called Little Otik. Otilk. Uh, it's got a different name in um English, but that, that's the one I found. I did it all in Czech, is why not. Uh, where a family adopt uh, a tree stump. They, they find a tree stump, inanimate thing, uh, and because they can't conceive, they want something to kind of pretend, put their own love against. Uh, pretend is their kid, and it comes alive and then proceeds to eat people. Eats a cat, eats a postman, and they have to feed it other people Uh, and they go through the the kind of question themselves they go through the dilemma of do I keep feeding our child that we love this little wood stump people
0: whereas we have like old school folklore
1: it's never like you
0: put your love and soul into this thing so it turns nice and you know reciprocates the love and goodness of you no it's I fucking come alive and eat people
1: (laughs) Well, they had miserable fucking lives back then. <laughs> don't love anything. They needed to know someone was worse off than fucking they were.
0: Yeah, and I don't,
1: if you've got nothing fucking else to do, you've got no entertainment, no TV, no fucking cinema, no... Uh, the best you've got is watching fucking Bill after he's had eight pints trying to get back home and throw fucking sticks at him. If that's It's actually your only fucking measure of entertainment. You want to have some lovely little story where some guy comes home and loves his children and wife and they go to fucking bed. Next day, they go out on a fucking picnic. You want to hear that every day? <laughs> I want to hear about the horrific stump eating and killing people. Far more interesting. I suppose when you put it like that way, you make a good point. Yeah. That's the big one. I did a load of Edgar Allan Poe adaptations as well, um, including Pit, The Pendulum, and Hope. Which, I don't know if you've read Pit and the Pendulum. Yeah, It's not very hopeful. <laughs> I've not seen that one. I'm going to have to sit down and watch it. Um, he's had several works of his that uh, we'll never see because they were destroyed by 70 Soviet censors. Fuck's sake. Yeah, fucking wonderful. Tis the Way, unfortunately, with the USSR. It's good to see that uh, Russia have really come round on that. And they're uh, they're welcoming of all points of view now, and they don't censor anything. Real uh, forefronts in creativity in the world. They've really learnt from their mistakes. Uh, do do, do cast wise. <laughs> oh, I was talking to Ty before this. I really apologise. I did my due diligence. I did as much as I possibly could in this case, but I've I've come short for once. Okay, so the the girl who plays Alice, I think. I'll get to this in a moment. I think it's a girl called Christina. Well, I know it's a girl called Christina Kotahova. I know that much. I don't know which one it is. I was trying (laughs) to find out anything else she'd done. Um, And after a lot of fucking looking up online, I found like a 4chan post, which led me down these Czechoslovakian boards. And I came to a woman who is roughly the right age, who's currently doing theater puppet work. I think it's her. I'm just imagining this kind of like beautiful mind board, kind of with like red pieces of string across all these boards. Oh, I have neither the fucking budget for that shit nor the care <laughs> nor the foresight, to be fair. But yeah, I, I think it's her. Either way, she has done a single film outside of this. Um, she has, I think, done Fear to Work since, and she may or may not be doing fine for herself. She may be a fucking drunken mass murderer for all I know at this point or she might be the sweetest woman alive. Fuck knows. She was very good in this. So I hope she's doing well.
0: It uh, really is one or the other with these kinds
1: of films, with like child actors. She's either fucked beyond repair or she's doing perfectly well. Yeah. <laughs> fucking I always fine to be fair that horror horror children usually do uh, decently for themselves. After the fact, I say that the fucking the two people came to mind after that were um, Felicia Rose, who was in Sleepaway Camp, who is doing fine for herself. She's absolutely lovely woman, and uh, Corey Haim, who blew his brains out, or Corey Feldman, who blew his own brains out after uh, Lost Boys Free. So yeah, there's the dichotomy, there's a juxtaposition for you, the difference. Doing less good. Uh, otherwise, actually, there was one woman who voiced over for the Dutch side of things, uh Caries van Houten, not related to Milhouse, who um did uh Melisandra in uh Game of Thrones. She did some of the uh, voiceovers for this. Good for her. Yeah. There was a British uh version obviously as well. It's I think it went to Sweden, Denmark, uh Czech obviously. Uh, West Germany, and France, maybe. Uh, but it, it was kind of secluded to those areas and a couple. Uh, I'm presuming Slovak countries. Yeah, it, it wasn't massively released. Uh, otherwise, uh, animated by Bedric Glazer, who has also done Perfume, Story of the Murderer, and uh, Don Geo. As I said, I do, I do my research for these shows but I ain't watching every fucking obscure Czech film out there. I ain't gonna tell you if they're decent or not. You fucking look it up if you really want to. You can tell me in the comments. I won't read it. But...
0: <laughs>
1: I, I I can only care so much. <laughs> right. Cast and crew for this uh incredibly small. Like a dozen. 14-odd people. Which... The press shit for production they had. Um, it it does. You said it feels indie, and it does definitely feel indie. But it's still, uh, I, I'm still impressed what they managed to pull off. Yeah,
0: yeah. When I say it feels indie, not in a not in like a cheap way, just in a. It's like it's all filmed in what is obviously like three rooms, a couple of outdoor shots.
1: Three rooms, a couple outdoor shots and like a hellscape on the on the plains of some desert. What the fuck was that shot? Just the rocky rocky swamplands <laughs> that had been drained. Probably
0: like a um, One like of the, the rocks next to a beach, probably.
1: One of the circles like of hell. No. <laughs> fucking horrible. Uh so right, this can be a bit of a long one. But I'm I'm trying to avoid saying I went down the fucking rabbit hole. Ah <laughs> oh, fuck. I uh I got hooked on Czech puppet trivia for a while. Okay, that's that's how I'll put it. But I I, I looked up who Jan was, went into some of his history, and ended up just finding out as a oh, puppets, okay he went to the fucking Czech puppet institute, what the fuck's that? And then found out that Czechoslovakians mad on fucking puppets fucking love puppetry. It's it's like the biggest fucking country for puppets in the world. Not that like Punch and Judy shit we get here. I don't know if Americans have that If anyone uh, elsewhere where you get like two twats who just start punching each other in a fucking tiny mock-up theatre on, the, on a beach somewhere and some fucking dickhead who's like 19 <laughs> paid about £5 an hour just lazily finger puppets away, these two basically a domestic abuse situation for the little kids to watch and to grow up and emulate eventually. Uh, that, that's our kind of calibre of puppetry. We don't have Jim Henson. We got we got shit. Uh, but yeah, the the Czechs, they have fucking shitloads of it. And so, yeah, as uh, Von Maker himself. He created it in USSR, controlled Czechoslovakia, and took a lot of inspiration from uh, stop-motion animation, which is huge as well in Czech, and puppetry. So, Pre World War II, I said, yeah, I'm going fucking far back now. But this has got history to I won't go on for fucking ever. This will only be like a minute, two minutes. So don't worry about it. But I am going into a bit of this because context is sort of actually helpful here. Pre World War II, uh, a lot of it was just advertisement, technical filmmaking as well. There's a lot of really impressive shit, though, to be fair, that I saw while kind of going back. What looks to be like one of the godfathers of Czech puppetry in 1946. Uh when Cannes was first brought out into the world, he won a massive award there at the film festival. Uh Jiri uh Trunka Trunka No, no fucking like vowel between the R and the N. It's a pain in the ass to pronounce that. But sounds uh, about right. Yeah, he uh released some shorts that fucking won awards and were actually pretty decent, and then released a load of other stuff. The one I really recommend. And you can find all of this on YouTube somewhere. I I usually I'd say buy it but good luck frankly finding this shit <laughs> anywhere on DVD so I just 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 youtube it it's it, it's worth watching just get it out there the cybernetic grandma which is fucking great it's like half an hour and it's um pretty much a grandma finding that she's been autonomized out of a job by this cyber machine he's also done a midsummer night stream he did um Adaptation of that, which is probably the perfect Shakespeare play to do in this kind of style. It's really fucked up weird Ooh. stuff. I mean, I hate them. I hate, I hate fucking comedy Shakespeare stuff. And to be honest, a lot of the uh, dramatic stuff outside of the, the usual Hamlet Macbeth. It's shit. The, the best night I ever had in Shakespeare, my uh, school went to see... Oh, I can't remember what it was now, but it was it was one of the comedies. I'm um, so fucking awful. The jokes the jokes don't land anymore completely different. And one of my mates had the fucking amazing... And he's not usually funny, but he had the fucking amazing idea to laugh like a maniac at all the jokes in the theatre. <laughs> I thought the teacher can't say shit. Because hey, he finds it funny. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I and mean, she knew what was going fucking on, but couldn't say anything. He just laughed his arse off. Just a completely silent theatre, except one guy laughing like him, <laughs> like the fucking what you know, Final Fantasy X. That fucking laugh, that. <laughs> yeah. Just every time, <laughs> fucking great. Uh, yeah, that's the best night I've had with Shakespeare. Otherwise, it's, it's fucking terrible. Um, yeah. So yeah, with all that, in nineteen forty-eight. The Theatre Act of Czech officially recognised puppetry as a proper form of theatre, and then a year later, uh, puppet theatres and um, institutions were established to train up new puppeteers to go through and bring what is a genuine cultural cornerstone of the Czech world, from what I can tell. I'm sure I'm massively insulting someone's culture. Not having done enough. <laughs> you never have. It's going to turn out to be a few mad men who've messed up the Wikipedia articles who are just really into the fucking puppets. Well, Godspeed to them, if that is true. Fair play to them. Uh, basically, with all that, Yarns, uh, trained for all that. Brought up, this is his first feature film, Alice, and in the ones I've seen, at least the films he's done, um, he has a cornerstone of it's live act a lot of live-action stuff. Uh, puppet work, Uh, 2D animation, some 3D animation, all done at the same time, generally. They're intermixed uh, to some extent or another. Uh, In Alice, especially, it's fucking impressive. The only one they didn't, actually, um, in uh, the tree film Little Otki, that, it was very much segregated. Still very good, but the components were there. Uh, But yeah, that's a brief... Introduction, brief history of uh, Czechoslovakian puppetry. It's a weird world, very impressive stuff, uh, and I'm not usually into hugely art house things. The Andy Warhol films always bored me. And, oh shit, before I forget as well, um, this is, uh, Terry Gilliam said this is his favourite uh, director. These are some of his favourite films of all time. Yeah, yeah. I am not,
0: I am simultaneously. Quite like, oh, that's really cool, and not surprised in the slightest.
1: <laughs> I was like the madman. Yeah, I was, I was kind of a bit um startled. I, I was going to ask you a question for all this on if you were going to get a different director to remake Alice in Wonderland, who would you get? And I was going to say Terry Gilliam, and it makes a lot of sense now that he was uh, borderline inspired by a lot of the Alice stuff.
0: Mm. Terry Gilliam would definitely be a good pick. Um. Hmm. I'd probably go. What was his name? Just to see what he would make with it. The guy who did like the Cornetto trilogy. Oh, Edgar Wright. Yeah, because he is so fucking good at shots, like getting up the be- You know, getting everything he could possibly get from uh, a single shot of a film.
1: It'll be interesting to see what he could do with it. Oh, visually. Uh, yeah. yeah, visually. Yeah, it's, it's ima- Yeah, but that's what you need. For Alice in Wonderland, anyway, because the writing's already there. You can yeah you can borderline kind of forget a lot of the, the wordplay. The... Actually, yeah, you should forget all of that, and you should just focus on what you can do, because you ain't going to one-up Lewis Carroll, and his work doesn't transition one-to-one onto the screen anyway. So, yeah, that's not bad at all, actually. Uh, thinking about uh, Last Night in Soho, I really loved it. I know a lot of people complained that without Simon Pegg there, his um, writing was... A bit subpar, but visually, he's always there. So that that's not a bad call, not a bad shout. But uh yeah, anyway, going in jumping into the film proper. So uh
0: This is it, gonna be interesting. Yeah. Let us let us discuss uh pretty much like ninety nine percent visual film
1: over <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Uh it's where I sometimes, I sometimes wish I'm too lazy to do the the um the whole fucking video essay shit that they do online. Where they, you know what? No, I'm never gonna do a video essay style thing. They're too pretentious. You know what they're like? They they you see them walk on screen with their mic all set up, and they sit down. And they have a small glass of they have a small glass that's been unpoured. They have a bottle of whiskey, and they pour it out, and then they look at the screen, and they fucking uh, then they take a sip and then they get ready to go on a fucking diatribe for two. I'm never going to fucking do that shit. The visual medium of that, at least, where you can push between images to images, it does work out, it does help. And in this case... Ugh, oh, describing away. Right. The beginning, at least, is easy to go over. Because it's it's borderline quaint. The term I want to use, it's it's unfortunately lost its original meaning. Um, The word queer. Yeah, it, it, some I don't know why. The the word gay, I understand, it's lost the term happy because it's unnecessary now. You know, we've got happy. We don't need gay anymore. Queer, I think, held a point in language that hasn't been replaced at all. It's got a certain syntax to it, a certain pragmatic element.
0: Yeah, something's off, but without... It's not scary, you know, just just a little queer, just a little off.
1: Yeah, without an element of sinisterness to it. Something's hmm. queer I we really need a replacement for that. I'm gonna use the I'm just gonna use the term queer because it's so fucking perfect for Alice in Wonderland generally, I think. Um we really need to bring that back and allow that back into the lexicon. It's a great word. So yeah, the 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 beginning of pretty much every Alice in Wonderland adaptation beyond the porn one <laughs> starts off with Alice sitting down listening to her sister read a book to her for good reason. Thinking about it, that'd be awkward. More a uh, pornhub sister-in-law shit. First thing you're gonna see, depending on the version you watch. I looked online for a couple different uh, versions. I've heard out there there's one with music in, but the the two I saw in both the Czech and the English version, I think it's Czech. I hope it was Czech. Very well might have been the Dutch one. Fuck knows. To be fair, I can't <laughs> tell the difference. Uh, they they both had no music in them. And they were both mm. fucking eerie, frankly, on that part. It's not so noticeable at the start. This isn't a bad thing, by the way. I actually advocate that this shouldn't have any music whatsoever in it because it's, it's really effective for what it yeah. it kind of gets across. Um, for the start bit, yeah, you don't notice it. It's just riverbanks, kind of sounds of nature going along. Later in, because uh, Alice doesn't really... Well, she does speak. She doesn't really speak. There's no proper dialogue through this, except at the right end in the trial.
0: There is... How the dialogue is dealt with... I hate it. The only person speaking
1: is Alice. I fucking hate it. That's the one part of this I'd change. Just immediately. You know, no, I wouldn't, really? change. I wouldn't change that. I would change the whole fucking said Alice, said the white... I'd get rid of that shit immediately. It was so annoying.
0: Well, basically whenever alice thinks to herself or speaks um if she's speaking actually there is a difference uh if she's speaking the child just speaks in the in the in the scene um however if a different character is speaking like the mad hatter for example um or the alice is thinking to herself after the dialogue has been said, it cuts to a incred in just just the mouth of Alice saying something like said the white rabbit or thought Alice to herself
1: Observed the reviewer. See how annoying it is. If I started doing that after every fucking sentence I did <laughs> Angrily stated Kieran. I mean, I I like it. <laughs> I couldn't stand that. That's, that's the one thing I'd change. I'd just get rid of her saying said shit. I can kind of gather, because you know the cameras on the person that's speaking. I can assume they're the ones that are actually talking. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's your voice coming out, that's fine. I can tell it was so fucking annoying, her then sucking the camera off like a fucking lollipop with her lips right next to it. I could feel the saliva. I could hear her salivating coming through. The
0: whole film is to create a sense of of um unnervedness and just, like you said, queerness of you are in a world that you are not originally a part of. You are somewhere where you're not meant to be. You are... Lost or you're down the rabbit hole.
1: Now that that I'm one was sure annoying. When
0: you're meant to come back,
1: that one, I'm st- that one, I'm sticking with annoying. I don't care what the <laughs> effect was. I don't care what the attempt was. That one, I'm just pointing out. But either way, yeah. Otherwise, the um, the the sound design. Outside of that, uh, because there's very little dialogue, because there's no music, um, you just hear the the sounds of the uh, mechanics going on, it's. Yeah, this is difficult because I'm going to have to describe everything in words. I'm going to repeat myself a lot. I'm going to use a lot of the same vocabulary because it does fall within the same fucking Venn diagram. Um, macabre. A lot of the, the sounds that go on, just the the mechanics. It's really noticeable, especially during the where the White Rabbit's house scene and during the Mad Hatter's um, tea party.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you hear this
0: constant there is a, a somewhat constant ticking sound, um, either through like a mechanical being uh, like the Mad Hatter, uh, or uh, just the sound of clocks ticking, um, which is a big part of Alice in Wonderland with the time and the um, grandfather clock, and of course the White Rabbit's pocket watch as well. Time is a constant factor in these.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean you, you just hear these uh basically yeah, just instruments moving around. Not, not fucking musical instruments, just the, the mechanics going clicking in and out. And it's it's just unnerving. <laughs> really unnerving. There's no, there's no other term for it. It's great. You know, I wouldn't want music through this. It it keeps you on edge. And you Yeah, music'd be unnecessary. Um uh, it's it's really good. Really great. Honestly.
0: I just think music would take away from it because like there are certain scenes where Alice is just looking around and um, you know, you just have visuals of, you know, we'll get to the specific scenes, but um, well, she's just having a look around. And if there was just like a, a string quartet in the background, you know, trying to build up tension, it'd be like, what? No, (laughs) fuck off you are interrupting the shots you're interrupting the visuals with this pointless music
1: yeah a, a bad filmmaker would have inspired such a mediocre soundtrack on this I, c- I can imagine it now a fucking some indie director coming around some indie music maker and they they'd bring forth some oh we need violins here uh, we do we need it? Oh, it's subtle and a build up. And during the Mad Hatter scene, we need a fucking concerto going on to show the mania of it. I can just see how annoying that's going to get immediately. We need it. We need it ramping up into fucking heavy metal music during the car co- during the uh, court hearing because it's all getting we going to shit. And we need a uh, we need a Willy Wonka in the tunnel style buzzing during the the head swath Fucking annoying. Yeah, they do a very good job in just keeping it as nothing and having just natural sound come out. Uh, they've got all of added stuff in after the fact because obviously it wouldn't yeah. have picked up on the recording, so it was clearly intentional for all that. And there were still obviously during um, is it stop motion? There were still when the cameras were properly rolling, and they weren't going to be picking up any audio. So they must have known what they were doing. All intentional. Mm-hmm works perfectly and some
0: of the noises like uh doors locking openings and mechanical again mechanical noises as well um have clearly been turned up as well oh yeah everything's distinct the, everything's distinct everything is not an assault uh that's a bit more in your face about it but just just a lot more noticeable a lot more just oh, it's a it's a difficult feeling just the feeling of similar but different. I love it.
1: Yeah, it just it shows that it's a different world. it's hmm. right from the reality. Uh, yeah, film made for children. You <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a PG rated film. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That's
0: <laughs> really... Those well, it d- doesn't fucking. Film. It doesn't really contain any gore. It's got blood in it. it. <laughs> it's something. There's a single, yeah. Alice pricks her finger on a what is it, abacus? Yeah, yeah. And there's like a speck of blood, and that's pretty much it. The rest of it is just imagery.
1: Of I'm just imagery. It's one thing I never yeah, fucking understood about the MPAA. Films <laughs> like that, you show a kid a film that just says fuck once, 15, instantly, fucking traumatising, show him to this, ah, oh, that's fine. So, not got any blood in it, not got any swearing in it, that won't fuck him up at all. Fucking arbitrary, the MPAA. You sit down and go, oh, well, he thrusts into her three fucking times. 18 rated, oh, he only thrusts two and a half. 15, that's fine, the kids won't mind that much. That's fine. I won't <laughs> fuck them up nearly as well. Is, yeah, you know, Norm Macdonald, uh, the Canadian comedian who did Mike Tyson Mysteries and stuff. Yeah. Did uh, he? He said, in during the weekend update stuff, I think it was about the perfect joke, which is where the uh, the punchline is exactly the same as the setup. And the closest I can come to that is Alice, nineteen eighty eight, is rated PG. There's a joke where the setup is the same fucking thing as the punchline.
0: Listeners wondering what the fuck are they talking about? Just look up one picture and you'll understand what we mean. Look up the caterpillar.
1: Look up the rabbit. <laughs> the rabbit, yeah, rabbit, rabbit as well. You know, it's an actual. It was an actual dead rabbit.
0: Oh yeah, there's a uh, real taxidermied animals in this film.
1: Yeah, plenty of them. I wouldn't put it past the guy to have real taxidermy fucking children eventually. <laughs> I'd Soviet Russia. I'm sure he could get them. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Alice, she, we start the film. <laughs> <laughs> Reading the book, we we push in towards the attic, which is where we get most of our visual iconography through the rest of this film. Uh, one thing I think he does very well, Jan, as well. And he said himself, the problem with most Alice adaptations that came before this one, in his opinion, at least, is they didn't see the Alice story as a dream, as an immoral, amoral dream. Not mm. imm- yeah, they looked at it in the lens of the hero's journey, in a, a moral argument to, to push on the audiences or some story to tell with some greater meaning to it. Whereas the way he saw it is it's um, nonsense. Entirely, yes. it's a dream. It, it just goes nowhere. There's no point to it. There's no uh, real affect to it. It's, um, it's like me telling a fucking story. It goes nowhere. It just pushes on and on and has no real meaning to anyone. It's uh,
0: what will most likely be my favourite word of this episode, absurdism. Yeah,
1: yeah, absurdism.
0: Perfect. It means nothing. Deliberately so. Well, I I think oh, what was it? I believe the original, or at least it's theorised, that the original uh, point of *Alice in Wonderland* is a satire. To, is a um, say, what is it word? I've got the bloody word satire? No, satire. Fuck me. Yeah, right. The original concept of the book is a satire on uh, logical mathematics.
1: Oh, he was a mathematician. Uh, I can't remember yeah. his name now properly. Lewis Carroll. I can't remember what his uh, non pseudonym, and what Charles something. Either that is either the theorized version of what it
0: was, or what actually, you know, like he got pissed off with people. He thought maths couldn't be logical and all that shit, and then he took the piss out of it.
1: It always annoyed me the uh, the original. Interpreter everyone's fucking interpretation the whole drug shit. Yeah, yes, no, no, that's not at all. I always felt sad for those people. The idea that you need drugs to be able to write stuff like this. There's there's plenty of people out there, plenty of uh, massively incredible people that are able to push stuff out of this through pure talent. They don't need drugs to do this kind of shit. I'm sure, they help in some cases.
0: Yeah. But it, it would certainly get the
1: creative juices flowing. Is that the book itself is a real work of art that I don't think anyone under the influence could properly have wrote? Is it is very complicated in how it's pushed through, and you can't just do that with drugs. Make funny fucking rabbit smile. It's not just absurdism. It's 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 got intelligence behind know, it. It's poetry. got a purpose. Yeah, poetry. Yeah. it pushes on in a certain way. Same with this film. You know, it it's got a um a directive to it that constantly goes forward. Uh, Alice going into her attic where I so said we get all our iconography from. Every um mm. everything that comes up is, is based around something that you'd find in an attic at one time or another. And uh, we get our first Wonderland creature, Wonderland Denizen, Wonderland fucking the Royal Executioner, I think is the rabbit's purpose in this.
0: Messenger and Executioner, yeah. Yeah, that
1: sounds about fucking right for this thing. I can't think of a more perfect designation. It, it's fucking horrifying. The rabbit in this. It, it's a dead-eyed... I don't know what's more fucking horrible about it, more haunting about its fucking appearance. It's teeth that just clatter away, and I can just see my own fucking bones coming out. It nibbles on my own hand. The fact the sadistic bastard goes around out of its way to cut people's heads off and beat Alice at every possible opportunity. Or its beady little dead fucking eyes that stare into some level (laughs) of my soul I didn't know existed. Or the fact... No, actually, I know exactly what's the most horrific part of it. The fact that it constantly... It stores its watch, not on its fucking neck or something. No, not something so simple. It stores it in its own fucking stomach, surrounded by its innards, its little sawdust innards. And then as it unstitches itself. It disembowels its own body to take its watch out to stare at the (laughs) time. What's it do with its innards? What would you do with your innards? The standard fucking thing. It licks it up. It eats its own fucking body mass back. It's horrible.
0: (laughs) So yeah, this is like there was a slight tone of uneasiness with Alice being quite a, a, a sullen child. And just kind of throwing rocks into a cup of tea because she's bored, and then she just looks over to this taxidermied rabbit, pulling inside its like little cake glass case container, pulling on the hooks that have attached its feet to the ground, ripping itself off from these things that causes its stomach to open up. It bites out the hooks, spitting them on the floor pulling out uh, like a container within the case that has its clothes and he puts on like, it's like a, a royal retainer's outfit so quite vibrant and red and then he just gets out these massive pair of like um cloth scissors like you would use in like when you're making clothes or like things out of cloth and just schiefs them and has this awful Oh, in the best possible way, <laughs> just
1: pouring sawdust out of it. I don't know if you've That's um, there's, there's a game from 1995. I was watching a few YouTubers kind of go over this in case I missed anything, and someone said that apparently there's there's a quote from whoever created a uh, Clock Tower, uh, a, a horror game that um, predated Silent Hill and Resident Evil, with like a yeah. little kid with a, apparently that. Villain was based on this fucking rabbit, <laughs> but... which I can see. The scissors are pretty much identical uh, to what he had in that, uh, in terms of ratio, size wise. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: if that's true, that's amazing.
1: This, uh, this rabbit, he does the standard late stuff with said the white rabbit. It's so uh, annoying. Um he doesn't really converse. A lot in a lot of the adaptations, there's you know, some talking back and forth, some I'm gonna be late, I can't talk to you, yada yada yada. There never is in the book, I don't think, until the yeah. Marianne stuff. Um I, he, just he just runs kind of Runs away. And ignores it, yeah. In this one there is some interaction. He violently beats Alice on various occasions. <laughs> and Alice, God knows what's wrong with this child, continues to follow him at all points. If you were a fucking nine year old, eight year old kid and you saw that fucking thing staring at you, I'd be I wouldn't be gone for fucking smelling my own piss. I'd be fucking left it behind for miles. If that went down a hole, good. Get the fuck away from me, it'd be stuffing it, I'd be burning the hole. Well,
0: that is a, that is another constant thing throughout the film.
1: Alice is clearly not a normal kid. There is something wrong with Alice. There is that as well, yeah. Uh, to be fair. Um, I think that's one other thing that most of the adaptations fuck up, is that Alice in the books is mental. I didn't I didn't realise until I'd read the fucking things, but she is insane. There's um I don't think any fucking films actually touched on it. There's a point in the first book, basically after she's crying, that she realises she can't do basic arithmetic, like she does like four times three is. 10, 4 times 4 is 11, 4 times 4 is 12. Something like that. How am I ever going to get to 20 at this rate? Something like that. Yeah. And then she says to herself, Well, Alice can do arithmetic, so I'm clearly not Alice. So who am I? And she presumes that she's the stupid person that she knows called Mabel. And she goes on a rant to herself, like schizophrenic fucking golem style, talking about how, well, I don't like Mabel. I don't like being Mabel, so I'm not going to come out of this hole until they tell me I'm someone that I like. Completely fucking out there, which you'd have to be if you take the presumption that she's dreaming all this stuff. You would have to be mental to get anywhere close to this. And you have to be mental to follow the White Rabbit anywhere, um, which I think a lot of the films fuck up. The Disney one as well, to be honest. She's quirky in the Disney films. She isn't mental. In nah, this.
0: She's got a bit of sass in the Disney film, to be fair.
1: Yeah, in this, she's just certifiably insane.
0: Yeah, she's sociopathic, like,
1: straight up. Oh, yeah. Have you ever <laughs> you heard of Alice, Sweet Alice? One of the first ever slasher films with, um, are you know, Brooke Shields? Uh, name Rings a Bell. I think you might have mentioned her before. Been, I think she's been in some stuff here and there. She's She's getting on now um but she she was killed off in alice sweet alice that's that's kind of the film's big selling point nowadays to be honest it, it, you might have seen the villain in it it's like a 10 year old girl with um a mask over her that to be honest looks kind of like alice in this film does when she's um encased in a fucking marionette because this is a children's film and that's not a horrific fucking concept being entombed in your own fucking body it breaks out fairly easily, it's not that bad. I don't give a fuck. The as I said, it it's fairly close to the book, generally speaking, especially at the start. There's a few things that are off here and there. Um, but Alice escapes the fucking Soviet attic owned by the sadistic taxidermist and follows the rabbit down in towards Wonderland. Um did you notice that she actually uh she goes into his hole twice? She goes down. She goes into the desk first, and then uh, goes down the, the like the fucking, like the the pipe from it, the the Mario pipe, where she encrusts down in stop motion.
0: Yes, uh, the the uh, the desk first, and then she's uh, crawling through the hole with the measuring sticks in.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite nice to kind of change it up a bit. Throw around proper Wonderland style, throw the rules out the window. Goes down twice, lovely stuff. Um, after as he goes onto like a hellscape world of just dead rock, and sees the desk which beats her up through the first. She try, keeps trying to take the um, fucking handle off, and it keeps popping out and throwing her <laughs> against the fucking wall every time. Fucks with this desk.
0: I, I, I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to remember if it has any significance, other than the like, other than the riddle the Mad Hatter tells
1: or asks. Well, why is but, a why is a desk like a writing? Why is a raven like a writing desk? Yeah, I mean that was nonsense.
0: Well, yeah, that was the point of the original riddle it doesn't have an answer well it does because you know people on the internet are twats Oh, they can't leave
1: anything alone. you can fucking if you're going to get comparisons you can compare anything to fucking anything if you leave that open ended
0: yeah but there's there's like a more accepted answer for that kind of shit but it's originally it was meant to be a exactly what it sounds like a complete bullshit riddle that has no answer.
1: Complete nonsense. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, she she draws blood going through that. Uh, which uh, you're not allowed anymore. I don't think. Or you, no, you are now. But in PG for a while, I'm pretty sure you weren't allowed to draw blood. At any point one of the arbitrary rules that the MPAA had, uh, from like 1990, I think, till like 2010. Don't don't quote me on that. I think there was a, a fair chunk of time that you weren't allowed to draw blood um, within not, PG film. I'm
0: not surprised. These are the same people who think titties up on the devil.
1: You know, PG thirteen, twelve A is different, but PG it might still be to this day. You're not allowed to show blood in it. Uh, PG is kind of dead anyway in this country. Dead in the US yeah. as well. I think it's just kind of gone to twelve twelve A for Americans listening. Um, you're allowed to watch that at any age. You just need adult supervision if you're below the age of 12. It's like a recommendation, I think. And I think PG's pretty much dead in this country and used just for babies, more or less nowadays. Down the wooden desk, and we get... Oh, yeah, no, no, that's it. Yeah, she kind of sideshow bobs into a rake and falls down. <laughs> yeah. The physical stuff in this is great. She she looks good doing it, actually. She she really can do slapstick well. It's a skill. She makes the face and everything. She's decent at that stuff. We get into the scene in every Alice in Wonderland film. The whole, the first drink me, eat me shit. The uh, small room down below, which is just a desk, uh, a large door. She, she looks through the smaller door, and there's kind of um, a theatre backdrop that the rabbit's next to, curtains and shit. And... Yeah, like, there's clear
0: curtains in the background and, like, obviously, like, bits of card or paper painted to suit a scene. Um, But I would actually like to bring up something just before that. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, because obviously the hole itself is more like a, an elevator or a conveyor belt ride, honestly, rather than actually falling down the hole. But uh, when she does fall down the hole, uh, or rather finishes, and she pops out, she lands on a big old pile of leaves, All right, And she kind of looks through the pile of leaves for the key for the door and finds one of the desks that she uh, had pretty much just jumped in. Um, and what happens is, the dra- as soon as she opens up the drawer, all of the leaves disappear into it, um and I'm just mentioning this simply because the combination of stock motion uh, of the leaves moving in plus reverse shots of people like dropping leaves on the floor, you know when there's less of them, stuff like that, yeah, just looks really, really good. I just really, really enjoy that whole sequence it's not scary or like mind-boggling i just like to bring up the fact that those those couple of shots are done really really well
1: oh yeah, yeah. um i think anything around the stop motion stuff is just done mm. stellar that um the i think my favorite part is the sock puppet things going in and out the floorboards those were just done expertly yeah. Uh, the the leaves going in. Every every little thing's been given so much attention to detail. With such a small crew, again, you're gonna have but like, two guys working on that. I
0: wonder how long it took them to do it.
1: Not too long, by the uh, by the looks of it. Hmm. Presuming I've got the right actress. We she had to have been like eight nine during production. By the looks of it, she looks yeah. about yeah, that. And it it came out it has to have come out not long after that then, if as I said the the actress I've got is the right one, I think there's only like a two two year gap, one year uh, leeway.
0: Yeah, with the uh, small door,
1: a part of what looks to be like
0: ink to me.
1: Yeah, for pretty sure it was ink. She puts a finger in it and shit, and it comes out more purpley because Jan. Can't be fucking normal. You can't let like, her just drink something. But like, all all the other fucking foods in this bar, the tarts and this drink are either insects, fucking earwax. At one point, just a big jar of fucking earwax. Or they have nails drilled into them. It's just horrendous. The food situation that here. But Jan, Jan does really like his food. Um, all that meat that was dancing around. It he, is. Got food in pretty much all of his productions, in one shape or another. And they're um very very Czech looking food. I like the look of the tarts in this. I like the look of the ink bottle. To be fair, quaint little feel to them. Yeah, drinking on the ink. Uh, she uh she doesn't just. Sh- Why can't she just shrink? <laughs> it's a genuine fear of mine to be turned into an animal object. It keeps me fucking awake at night. I have fucking nightmares of this shit. I watched a film the other uh, week called Tourist Trap, which is pretty much exactly that. Uh, A Mm -hmm. madman, mannequist, a la, like Madame Two Swords, turns people into wax figures. And he can psychically control them. I don't know if you've seen it. It's in like the deep south. And like a shitty tourist trap area. I
0: haven't seen it, but I've heard
1: of it. A lot of kids getting. taken in and fucking turned one by one into these little things until uh, one of them escapes the main girl. I won't spoil it oh, all. A lot of other stuff happens here and there. Um, But yeah, it, in that film I fucking turned into little mannequins. And uh, I fucking I had a nightmare that fucking night of that shit, being turned into a little mannequin with this guy just standing over me, laughing away. This was horrible. I didn't fucking expect my... Own fear to jump out at me. It's miserable. I need to stop picking films with fucking mannequins and camels every <laughs> fucking week. It's one or the other. Yeah, she um in. I'm presuming stop motion, isn't it? I've never got you know fucking something. Little camera tricks, little editing tricks. She uh, turns into a doll, shrinking down, and it it, it, it looks good. A little, uh, kind of very not eighteen eighties, possibly not eighteen eighties, but you know, very, uh, very old looking. It's not a fucking Barbie doll walking around. Nah.
0: I'm not sure that would be appropriate for like a little girl to be a Barbie.
1: Yeah, no, that's or it's not a brat doll. Even fucking worse. To be <laughs> fair. <laughs> I don't know why I went to that shit. That, that's died a death now, apparently. Thank fuck.
0: Yeah, thankfully.
1: Ugly as fuck. Or a cabbage patch doll. There you go. That's, that's appropriate enough, and that's ugly as shit. That could work. Um, you yeah, know, it's kind of a. Is it made of glass? I think. No, like, like
0: China. Or uh, Ch- China. China, like, yeah. Yeah, like China doll is uh, a thing. Whether or not this doll is one, but it's got that vibe to it.
1: It's got that look. Sheen. To its outside. Uh, Go for all the the classic stuff. Uh, Key's still on top of the table. She can't climb up uh, all the way. And she starts sobbing away, eats a uh, a little cake Mm -hmm. fucking thing. A little tart grows to ridiculous size and then drowns the fucking room. And yeah, in terms of classic interpretations compared to the disney one right so she she cries out as she's massive she talks to herself she's sobbing away and then she ends up going in like a little um a little bottle if you remember rightly and ends up on an island somewhere and ends up running around in the race gets in the disney version, yeah. shifted around it's visually it, it's it got something there i suppose in the disney version it, It's it's sort of interesting. doesn't really say anything about Alice, I don't think. It doesn't really progress anything with her. It it doesn't focus on her, really. No, in the it's Disney not...
0: version, she's just upset that she's unable to carry on or get out or do something particular. particular. Um, so she just starts you know, sobbing to herself. But she is meant to be like, you know, 12.
1: Seven, I think it's, it's even younger than that. Seven and a half in the books, at least. Yeah, seven yeah. and six months uh, in in this I think it really does help that she doesn't speak much you don't quite know what she's thinking at any point and she just acts in um, completely bizarre ways acts in mm. uh, an orthodox I'm trying to think of what the fucking word is non-conformist non-traditional ill-advised I'm going to go with ill-advised manner it so it really adds to that insanity and keeps the interest to some extent in this rather than the fucking bottle and rather than going through the whole dry fucking we'll go over William the conqueror's like history talking to concubines and shit what we get in this is the mouse who is in the book obviously um mm-hmm. and in the disney version and a few of the other versions as well uh, rather than going through all that fun stuff and then meeting and exchanging stories about uh, the cat, uh, Dinah, the mouse decides to. What is it? Fucking tr- trepanation? Trepan... <laughs> Trap, <laughs> tra- um. Trapping. Yeah, the, the, oh, well, the classic fucking caveman drills a hole into Alice's head, sets camp. Oh. In her skull? She is the island in that scenario.
0: He climbs up onto her head with his little trunk of shit, nails a couple of stakes into her head, starts setting up a fire
1: with like a stew going. That's too far, though. The fire's too far. Yeah. Alice is just like, well, that's just too far. <laughs> Sneezes. Goes flying. And that's the only time we see the now. <laughs> She's a lot more fucking forgiving than I am. Far be it from me. Call me impolite if you wish. But if someone laid fucking camp and slammed sticks into my head, I'd consider that just a little too far in hospitality. A little too fucking breaching of the politeness code there. Impaling me twice in the fucking head. Why the fuck is she impaled? Why did Why did he have to do that shit? It could have just sat on his head. And re- so again, it, it just comes down to, as I said earlier, the fucking, in the books, you've got uh, the literary, the prose, the poetry, as you said. In this, it's poetry through visuals. And so you have to go just as absurdist in the visual work. So in this case, she gets sticks shoved into her fucking face and her hair set on fire before she does shit. It's hard to really say the story progresses, because it fucking doesn't. It's a constant just treadmill style walking forward. Nothing really moves forward, but fucking visuals continue. She moves into a different area. Going back into the small, little, dull creature, um, the Marianne sequence. What was your favourite sequence during the film? That curiosity.
0: Ooh, that is a good question. I do, I do like the bit where she's big in the house, as basically dunking on the rabbit and the rabbit. <laughs> basically, that whole sequence.
1: What, where the rabbit calls upon the armies of hell, the undead yeah. hordes that apparently fucking exist in Wonderland, where Bill, rather than being this <laughs> quaint little lizard, is a fucking horrible skull that drags itself around and she kills. She outright just murders during this. He's Bill right. dies. Bill's okay. Bill is exercised from life. Bill's fucking dead. Undead. He's dead undead by the end of this.
0: Basically what happens is they send him up, he climbs down the chimney, and Alice just fucking boots him so hard. He goes flying back out the chimney and just explodes on
1: the floor. He's got um, taxidermy stuff in him as well, obviously, along with the rabbit and shit, and he just secretes his innards on the ground. There's appropriate fucking wording for what happened. Yeah, it's a bit of a back and forth battle uh, between Alice who's been miscast as Marianne by the rabbit, which includes the rabbit trying to cut her fucking arm off with a saw blade. Yeah, with a hat to... <laughs> The fuck? And Alice tossing the rabbit against a load of glass and then them tossing shit Once at each other. Well, fucking imagine the, the Uruks in Helm's Deep being pushed down. That's what Alice just does. Plenty of fucking times, back and forth, as the armies of the undead are sitting outside debating on how to kill the fucking monster in the house. <laughs> it is so good. The house itself's really visually interesting as well. Um, it's it's kind of what b- b- built brick. Not not bri- yeah, like, bricks. the wrong word. Um, fucking not not building li-
0: blocks that you would use as a kid to make like a castle or something like that.
1: Yeah, that kind of thing. And it's just a bit weird. It's a bit different. Just a bit off. As everything been it's in a weird way having it be so close to reality which is what so many other uh films don't do alice in wonderland a lot of the adaptations what they try to do is take it as far away from reality as possible which is a mistake to some extent if you go too absurdist people accept expect absurdism people expect the unexpected to some extent mm. i feel if you go closer to home you have it queer not ridiculous there's that element yeah. of unease that's kept throughout the entire Uncanny Valley-esque in a way, where you, you keep the uneasy feeling all the way through it, um, just by having just building blocks and natural stuff. Stuff you can recognise that's been subverted into the extreme of Alice in Wonderland, subverted into weirdness.
0: It's just similar enough for it to be creepy.
1: <laughs> and yeah, we, we've got it's this little army that um is to battle two battles try to get her out of the house and as with the book, uh we've got a, a chase sequence. So I mean the book if I remember rightly it was like a two lines, three lines the chase sequence between Alice when she actually shrinks back down. Roughly. In this it's like five minutes, it's a whole sequence basically. Um where the rabbit does a fucking Is that a shining reference? <laughs> <laughs> that he fucking puts his head through the door after he bashes it down with a hatchet. I was trying to work out, you know where he, where he crashes it down and he sticks his head in? Yeah. I was wondering, this is post-date The Shining by a fair amount. By like, what, five years? Six years? Yeah. Shining was 1980... Oh, fuck. Two? For it. I think it was the start of the decade. I'm probably wrong about that. Someone's going to correct me. I just know plenty of people are going to fucking correct me now. I've given actual year. That was a mistake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does a full-on Shining reference. Uh, shove in and then you get the, the horde of the undead claw their way into the room as well. Into... A, A fucking bizarre room of different oddities, everything obviously attic-based. And then, like like putting Han Solo in the fucking Carbonite, they encase her in her own body in doll form, expand her back, which turns her into a human, but keep the doll around her, just wax around her.
0: Yeah, so you just see her eyes moving in the sockets.
1: A reminder, this is a children's film. It's a fucking kids' film. Yeah, but
0: Alice did tell them to shut their eyes in the beginning so they can't see.
1: You know the thing? If you shut your eyes, all you'd fucking hear is her voice occasionally saying, said the white rabbit said that, and horrible mechanical fucking sounds all the way through. <laughs> it would be almost as fucking mad. Just trying to imagine uh. what's fucking going on. The sounds of scissors being clipped together and horrible mechanical screeching. I think this That's might... be a white rabbit. <laughs> I think beyond the rabbit this might be the most disturbing piece of imagery. Actually, no. Beyond the fucking caterpillars chompers. That could take your head off. This is... The third or fourth. This is in the top ten most disturbing things within the film. <laughs> it's easily a top ten. Her being encased in her own fucking body. Oh, I'm having to remember oh, the actual chronological order. It's difficult to actually the Connor.
0: Well, it almost
1: doesn't matter. No, no, to be fair, it doesn't in the slightest.
0: So, she gets put in what is essentially the larder a bunch of random food items just there. Including meat and
1: stuff. There is like a meat love reference thrown in. A little bit of uh, ham jumping around.
0: A steak breaks out of a pot,
1: wiggles away. That's the little things. There wasn't enough Um, of that as well, actually, I should say. In in a lot of the Alice in Wonderland um, stuff, there's no just random shit that just goes past screen with no explanation at any point. That's ignored for the rest of the whole film. There's nothing I can remember in the Disney film that just happened. Like that meat just flying out of nowhere and then disappearing forever. And never being fucking brought up again. <laughs> never being brought up, never having any effect on anything. It just happened and then left. Fucking great stuff. Carry on, yeah.
0: But yeah, there's also a uh, a tin of tuna that's actually just a tin of cockroaches. That was a lovely imagery there. Uh, But eventually, after this kind of, like, random assortment of... Oh, yeah, she pulls out a baguette from a bag, and all of a sudden just fucking nails come out of it. (laughs) I said
1: food in this is fucking sadistic. It's Hellraiser's kitchen,
0: basically. Um, (laughs) Horrible shit everywhere. (laughs)
1: Um, But
0: eventually, she opens up a can of sardines, um, that doesn't have any sardines in it, but it does have a key to get out. Yeah, and
1: then He we... licks
0: the key.
1: There's <laughs> yeah. too much in her mouth for this fucking... She <laughs> puts the rabbit's fucking innards in her mouth at one point. Oh, yeah. Fucking well, The rabbit's
0: trying to refill himself from all the sawdust he's lost. Yeah. He's like eating it with a spoon. She disturbs him, he runs away, and then she just decides to eat some of the sawdust.
1: Fucking insane. Seriously fucking wrong. She she was a serial killer after. Actually, you know, the, the film just outright says she's a serial killer at the end. The film doesn't even Pretty give much. you up to any interpretation, it's not even fucking ambiguous. She's killing people after she's gone on a fucking maniac rampage. Oh shit, yeah. The fucking Whacker Sock. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what the the equivalent is. I think that's just new stuff. Just socks that going in and out of holes. Well, they're meant to be caterpillars. Oh, how the fuck did I not realise that at any point? Yeah. Going in and out through the ground popping. Her own socks try to leave her scattering away and eventually she she managed to uh, hold on to them and get back into her shoes but we get to the, the main attraction and this is this is the image that pretty much sold me on watching the film originally to be fair <laughs> yeah.
0: when when I was telling Kieran about the film I was like uh, let me just show you one image from this film <laughs> and I said Kieran the puppet of the caterpillar which is very simple it's literally just a big old sock with some a full set of teeth and two eyes. But it is just fucking horrible.
1: <laughs> the grin's just too big. Just a touch too big. It's too straight. It's too, too fucking everything. They look like dentures perfectly placed in. They're just slightly too fucking menacing, slightly too white pearly perfect it, he's going to fucking eat someone there's no doubt about it and everything else about him as well it just gets fucking worse and worse as it goes down, the dialogue's mostly the same in fact I think it's entirely still the same it's it's taken word for word from the book yeah. more or less uh, same with the mushroom, everything like that um, keep your temper, all that stuff but though, visually when you go through it the, the worst part for me is when he goes to sleep he goes to sleep by fucking stitching his own eyeballs shut At which point, Alice, smartest thing she's fucking done all film, backs off and just fucking leaves. Doesn't turn to Just fucks off. Uh, Everything else about him, the way he stands or sort of slithers up and stares at her with these dead beady eyes. Everyone in this film has fucking dead eyes that just stare straight forward, including Alice to be honest. yeah, For most of it, she, she might as well have the same fucking problem. And the fact that he doesn't have a voice or anything, you know, Alice dubbing over him, I think makes it worse as well. It just keeps up the inhumanity of it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I can't, I'm trying to think of a voice that would have actually worked, would have actually helped. But I, I think actually leaving it in this case and having Alice dub over and leaving it up to the imagination makes it a lot worse. A lot better, I mean, you know, it just makes it a lot more fucking horrifying to contemplate. I think it's... Yeah, this is probably actually my favourite scene. And the whole thing, the conversation back and forth, just because it is so well done. It's, it's basically a fucking sock puppet, but there's something yeah. about it. It's just so effective. If you, Yeah, if you are going to look up a few images online, just look up the caterpillar and look up the white rabbit. The most effective stuff they've got in the film. And to be fair, the fucking frog soldier... It's also up there. That's in the f- top fucking three. Most disturbing. That's fucking horrible. As I said, I was watching um Carl Calgarin do some stuff on this before. Uh, <laughs> he fucking screamed at the Frog Soldier.
0: <laughs> yeah, we get to the uh. I believe it's the Duchess's baby.
1: Yeah, Duchess is um absent through this one. Yeah. Uh, which is probably good to be honest because A, she was too fucking nice in the original it was actually comforting she was there for Alice, annoying and she apparently dug her chin into her and all that shit but she was uh, a nice person which is nephema to this fucking film someone with decency and it's not designed entirely to just ruin the children of Czechoslovakia for life Alice gets assaulted again she goes from a terrifying situation <laughs> to a violent one. I thought, yeah, fuck punching Judy. She gets like a cast iron pan thrown at her head. Yeah. <laughs> she looks she looks into this
0: tiny house uh to see the white rabbit uh bottle feeding a baby in like a crib. Uh he spots her and just fucking
1: flings a plate. <laughs> I was kind of impressed at the amount they were able to get away with, with a the child there in like 1988. Plates being thrown about, she holds a pig later and keeps it to her. This this kid's doing a real good job um, with everything she's been told to do. I know there's no proper mm. dialogue on her side uh, or no, nothing stringent, but she does a good job physically, like keeping that pig in check, struggling away and then getting annoyed and having it fuck off the expression at every point. And with everything being chucked at her literally. <laughs> Poor kid. Uh the, the frog soldier and the uh the fly being decent stuff or a bit annoying a bit boring. That's like the eightieth the fucking tongue. So it, went um... on, it went on for a while.
0: It did go on for a fair bit. I mean, you 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 say the uh, said the white rabbit is the only bad part. I think that one. It did go on for a bit too long. That one particular scene. Although the tongue itself is very disturbing. Yeah, the tongue's great.
1: Um, but I mean, like Rule of Three lads, just like you know, you get the point.
0: I do you believe it was a real tongue?
1: I think it's just, what, Jan put his own tongue in one of those little bread rollers, pasta rollers.
0: Just no, like, they bought, like, around.
1: a cow's tongue from,
0: like, the butcher.
1: A cow's tongue's smaller than that? Is, is No, what the fuck am I thinking? I've seen a cow's tongue. No, it's weird. It's giraffe-like fucking strange stuff. I was thinking of, like, pork tongues that you get in supermarkets for some reason and going, well, they're, like, circular and they're thin. Fucking moron.
0: Yeah, it just it it ugh it looked meaty and horrible.
1: The plate smashing was really nice to be fair, having that amount of um power to it. I mean it just literally touches anything and it broke into pieces immediately by the mm. impact. Um the pig as well, thank God is an actual pig. <laughs> hey, fuck. I don't even want to come close to thinking about what this guy would have.
0: The puppet.
1: Oh, God.
0: The puppet would be amazing. We've
1: got the rabbit as well again. And then we, we kind of kick off... Uh, oh, shit, I, I was about to say into the end game. No, we've got the Mad Hatter stuff as well of all the different scenes. Uh, if this does sound sprouty it is because the the film is pretty much just set piece after set piece after set piece. Like the book. Very much like the book. Something like that. There's no uh, real uh, this happens, so this happens, so this happens. It's this happens, then this happens, then this happens, which I'd usually yeah. complain about. It did any other fucking circumstance because the intention, 99% of the time, is I want to make a film where characters progress and the story progresses towards a climax. In this film, though. That's not the whole point of any of it. It is just to show off the absurdity in a dreamlike format. So this happens, then this happens. Perfect way of fucking doing it.
0: And the you... point of not only the books, but also um, a fair number of the films as well, is Wonderland. Like, that's the plot. That's the point of it. Like, even fucking Tim Burton's arse wank of a film.
1: Oh, Tim Burton's was like a self insert fantasy for. A fucking good Charlotte fan. The Mad Hatter yeah, becomes a Jack Sparrow style here. It's the first one, maybe. <laughs> soldier. Yeah. But like the,
0: the the point of it isn't Alice. It's Wonderland. Alice is just the the catalyst that we witness it through. Right. It's the same with this film. Like Alice isn't the main character. She's just kind of there. She's the the plank of we're well, not the plank of wood. She's the, 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 the being we're seeing this through, you know? Yeah. yeah so that's... it the plot is literally she's in Wonderland and this is the weird shit that she's seeing in Wonderland.
1: Yeah, I pretty much. Just um like a like a cart going for a haunted house. Yeah. Looking at all the neat visuals, looking at all the events transpiring around, um, of which now Mad Hatter, pretty much unchanged from the book. Uh, rightly so the Mad Hatter actually, before I forget, uh, the March Hare is a really nice wind-up toy. That's mm-hmm. I mean, shift around. The Mad Hatter himself looks like, is it Darwin? I was trying to work out who it was meant to be. If, oh, unless it's I, like a Russian folk hero, Czech folk hero, or something like that. One of their designs, it might just be generic. Um, I think it was just generic dude,
0: like bald dude with beard.
1: Yeah, but I like a, a classic Santa kind of look to him. He's he's got uh classic wooden parts. He sounds incredibly mechanical. Is it macabre or what I used earlier? Mm-hmm. Um. This scene specifically—it's very loud. This scene, a load of stuff constantly going on, very noisy. My desk. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What? I just want to grab the desk filled with shit and just shuck it back and forth. Uh, and you, I mean, you can see where every sound comes from. None of it's um, out of place at all. It's it's putting as fuck.
0: The march hare constantly buttering uh, clocks.
1: Yeah. That stuff going yeah.
0: on. This scene, it's it's very similar to the books. Um, however, the way they portray it is almost like a tempo, almost like a song. Because Alice comes in, um, you can hear a clock ticking, and you know periodically the March Hare will butter a pocket watch, as they do, um, and the Mad Hatter will say, "I want a clean cup." Let's all move to the right. But the ticking, did you notice that it actually starts getting faster?
1: I didn't, know. i have to re-watch for that.
0: The clock starts ticking faster, and when it starts ticking faster, the buttering of the pocket watches, the I want a clean cup, the pouring of a new cup of tea, it starts becoming more... It becomes faster, and it cuts to Alice every now and again. And it's, uh, and the March Hare on his like little wheelchair scooting around to a new chair. Uh, the Mad Hatter's boots moving over. Um, so it's like that for like a solid like three minutes of just this frantic sequence of shots. Um, and then of course, you know, Alice at some point sits down. You get the, you know, uh, have some wine, but there is no wine course there's no, because there is, I can't see any wine. Oh, because there is no wine. And then back to random, back to the sequence of horrible events <laughs> with the half puppet, half almost animatronic fucking Mad Hatter.
1: It's uh, slightly out of it. It's slightly away yeah. from Alice, but do you know why um why Mad Hatters were called Mad Hatters?
0: Why he's called the Mad Hatter? Do you know, do you know
1: why Mad Hatters were mad? is that they existed. It's a classic thing. Hatters were mad. Because, uh, to be fair, based with every fucking Victorian profession, they used mercury in, wow. their, uh, in their trade. And so Hatters did go mad. And that, yeah, they, they, were, they are based on an actual thing. They're around, which is why in the books and why in um, a lot of the media, when Alice is given the choice between going to the March Hare and the Mad Hatter, she chooses the March Hare because hatters classically are mental anyway. Uh, I can't remember what their name, it begins with an M, specific word for using hats and stuff, Min- minita or something, minina. But yeah, they, they were all insane because I mean, everyone was fucking drinking from lead. Everyone was a bit fucking mental, but yeah, 90% of the population were in mercury as well. And they, one of those groups, so all insane. Yeah, the conversation. We've got the raven and the writing desk. Why is a raven like a writing desk? Because neither have a connection with the other. Yeah, you know, you were saying earlier that the whole fucking there's been an established, a decision made on an official answer to that shit. By that, I'm presuming that some dickhead who's got a degree somewhere has decided my answer's the correct one, and I've got a degree to back it up and pretend I'm yeah, better than anyone else. it's
0: like a needlessly complex answer as well.
1: And I can fuck off. It's about as fucking... about as on the nose as you throw either in red paint they turn red. That's just as correct in my eyes as whatever fucking answer that guy came up with. It's arbitrary entirely. It's a load of nonsense absolute bollocks and completely missing the point obviously we we get the rabbit come up to interrupt everything through that uh the the sequence itself though on the in the tea party it's mental constantly moving around um the constant motion in the whole thing not nothing is fucking still in this film there's never a point where you're allowed to breathe for just a second it's always just pushing onwards, forwards, constantly. Just fucking need to move, need to move, need to do something. Whether that's the rabbit, whether that's Alice herself, or just something in the environment, moving around fucking constantly. I mean, this scene especially, it's just frantic. And as you said it got more frequent as the, the, the clock was going.
0: Yes, the, the, the ticking of the clock was like a tempo for this insane dance that they were doing.
1: Yeah, I know, I know I know it's going on a like a fucking pan at this point that we're kinda of just describing a scene and then moving on. Uh, but that's what this fucking film is. It's just here's a scene. Watch it. Now here's something new. Here's a new thing. Um it's probably my least favourite segment, the last one, though. Regardless, the um the Queen of Hearts, the court scene. But well, the Queen of Hearts is decent actually. You've got the the flamingo. And the the hedgehogs.
0: They turn into chickens and real hedgehogs.
1: Yeah. You know, apparently there aren't hedgehogs in the US. It's a European thing. uh, Or is it... I was thinking of badgers. I might be thinking of badgers. And I might be fucking mixing up two animals that don't look in anywhere like One of them don't exist in the US.
0: (laughs) Something doesn't exist in the US.
1: Uh, Believe it or fucking not. We're a different country, and we've got stuff as well. It's hard to imagine me being fucking American-centric. I mean, yeah, I, I, this is my least favorite segment of the, the lot with the Queen of Hearts. Um, in the court, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. There was just nothing there that really enticed me massively. The card idea is really neat in uh, visually showing off the Queen of Hearts. It's definitely my favorite of the major films that came out of big feature releases the live action ones i'm not a fan of at all uh i hate helena bottom carter as the red queen. I, I like helena bottom carter i just hate the visual design of the red queen in that the, the problem i always had was it, it kind of missed out on the the looking glass side of her it always just banked on the miserable fucking bitch side entirely um same with i never was a massive fan of the disney interpretation in the 50s either the design they had for that uh i don't i quite like the uh 1903 version actually that just has her in i mean like it's as close as you can get it's um a woman that's got like a, a card outfit that's built around her so like she's kind of waddling with a, a queen card around her that that's not too bad for an early design. It's at least semi-creative. Um, oh yeah, and the rabbit goes on a mass murder spree. Unprompted well, by the Queen. I was about to say, nothing to entice you. This is the first time the rabbit gets his scissors out. Fucking horrible. I'm trying to, again, just put it off as long as fucking possible. I mean, the Queen tells him to cut off two heads. And then he just goes around cutting off fucking heads because he wants to. He, just, he ignores the queen. He goes up to Hatter, chops his fucking head off. Goes to the march Hare, chops his fucking head off. And just starts chopping off heads. I'm surprised he didn't chop the fucking pig's head off. And let us watch it just bleed over the fucking ground. He just seems to... He really enjoys his job. Job satisfaction all the way. Just chopping heads I off. Think,
0: I think that might be the most disturbing part for me, personally. The bit with the Mad Hatter and the Cheshire... <laughs> uh, not Cheshire Cat... Uh, The
1: hare just swaps heads after getting decapitated. (laughs) I forgot about that entirely, yeah. She picks up the March Hare's head and shoves it on it.
0: And then they go back to
1: playing cards. With the head fucking cutting off the rabbit having a whale of a fucking time just going around slicing away slice 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 like the worst fucking hairdresser in existence i say the worst hairdresser in existence i got cut four times last week by my own hairdresser who decided at the end of cutting my hair and taking like 40 minutes after 20 i did want to say like, mate it's done i can't see a hair within fucking miles of me you are finished he got out a razor blade how fucking close a shave do, you, do I need? He's going to take off like five layers of epidermis by the time he's done for, he's fucking satisfied and he cut me four times the prick. Yeah, <laughs> going on a tangent about twat hairdressers. We've got the, the actual trial itself between Alice. In most interpretations, uh, obviously Alice isn't the one on trial and she only gets into trouble when she ends up uh, two miles high in the court, where she eats, drinks something, and she skyrockets up. A bit different here. She's uh, she's put on trial to start with, which a decent way of doing it. You know, I've, I've got nothing against that. It's, it's, she's less of a passenger that way. She's given something to do, and in this version, she's always been a bit more aggressive. Uh, she's taken a bit more charge, so it makes sense that you can kind of put her in the foreground and let Alice's innate impertuousness kind of shine a little bit more she's always been an impatient dick in every version of alice in wonderland alice is not a nice well, fucking child. A child yeah she always been annoying as hell um, And mean in in this version rather than growing to ridiculous size no. she gets herself in trouble by just walking up and eating a load of the tarts to prove that she didn't no. eat any of the tarts
0: What I like about the the court scene is that before it starts they give her a script.
1: Oh god yeah. Give her a little script to read through. Oh it's great.
0: There's definitely a joke to be made there.
1: (laughs) Something about kangaroo courts pushed around. Something about police pushing people to give confessions. A smarter man will come up with a joke. You know what, actually, that that's in my top one disturbing moments where her heads start changing and she goes through just the different characters and uh, the, the Red Queen says chop all their heads off. That's the fucking top one moment as she fucking sporadically goes through each and every head trying out each one as they're all shaking and looking on in terror as they're about to have their lives rightfully fucking extinguished. Of all the things the rabbit could have decapitated, that chimera of horror should have been up there, number fucking one. Kill that thing. And the, the script, actually, as you said, that that was kind of interesting. That was kind of funny. Uh, less Wonderland, I think, less um, unimaginable than people would think. Yeah, I, I. To be honest, obviously she she then wakes up. She uh, has scissors. With her, and she presumably goes off to stab her sister several times, wear a mask, and kick off the slasher genre.
0: I don't know what she's doing. She uh, is about to cut the head off of any rabbit she runs across.
1: I don't fucking blame her on that account. Rabbits, fucking tasty, irrelevant to the whole situation. Rabbits would be fucking dead around me, dissected, just ripped open, and their heads would be mush, not chopped off, just fucking stomped into the ground. I wouldn't see a fucking rabbit for shit after that. Gun down. I saw a rabbit, um, Blunderbust once. Just blown up into tiny little pieces. Fucking horrific situation. I wouldn't give a shit if I was in this film. It was just fucking cathartic at that point. I so that, yeah. we I mean, finish it off. Um, anything I missed? Anything
0: you need to go over? Not in terms of, like, the scene-by-scene. Scene. There was a couple of scenes we missed altogether, but... That's fine. Just gives uh, people some something to see if they watch it.
1: Yeah, I did. Unfortunately, we can't really do this any justice to any extent, really, in um, this kind of format, in this medium. I said earlier about having to transition to different points. You really can't transition uh, film, a film, film like this, such a visual film, into uh, the podcast format and do it massive, amounts of justice. You just have to watch it, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's the main reason why I made the suggestion. It's one of the best adaptations I've ever watched, um, not only just for being a very good film, but for adhering what I consider the, the, the quintessential rule of adapting stuff, which is uh, from the late-grade Douglas Adams. If you are going to adapt something, don't just remake it. Uh, there's no point in that. Don't just remake it for another format, one-to-one. There's no point remake it entirely for the new film for the new format which should always be fucking adhered to so e- even if you fuck up you have a new product you have a new thing that you have done and creatively pushed from you can use your creativity to create something new out of something like the phoenix it doth rise rather than just repainting a chicken a new colour and pushing it on as look this is a new thing It looks different. It feels different. Therefore, it's new. fucking isn't. It's already in book format. Why the hell should I care to watch it in film after? If I can already consume it anyway. It's by far away the most perfect fucking way of doing it. You adapt by taking the strengths of the book, by taking the literary strengths, and transitioning them into visual format, which this film does with flying colours. Which we cannot do any justice to unless you watch it yourselves it's easy really easy to find, it's on Amazon and it's on other sites that I'm not going to mention obviously for reasons just give, give a bit of money to the film give them a bit of love, push them forward and uh, spread the word of the film, you know it's, it feels to me right, there's um, oh, a singer that I absolutely adore, of have seen him once, called Arthur Brown. Who's kind of been forgotten to history, and Yellow, I feel, has been kind of forgotten. Uh, Arthur Rennie worked, I absolutely love. Who's kind of progenitor of shock rock, who's never been given the, the time, the spotlight he deserves either. Um, he was kind of forgotten. Inspired so many filmmakers. This this feels like that to me. Just an absurdist film that was really at the at the start of, a lot of animated absurdism, and horrific shit mm. for kids that I'm sure inspired a lot more than people let on. I'm sure if you, if you go to a lot of the start of uh, several creators of animation, they go, yeah, this is this is one of the things. This guy is one of the guys that really pushed us forward. In that, I know um, Don Bluth mentioned Yan once uh, in a very positive light. Don Bluth, obviously, American Tail, um, a load of other stuff, Dragon Dragons Lair. He did. Oh yeah. A few other things he's he's mentioned. Hey uh, Bluth, absolutely amazing stuff, really good stuff. Um, mm. Don't think any from Jim H- Jim Henson, but I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. The stuff from Labyrinth kind of reminds me a bit, a little bit here and there. Um, I know we usually do like recommendations as well, uh, which are close to the the genre of which I can only really recommend obscure check puppetry if if you if you really enjoy this and you want to watch something else, just watch more stuff by the same director to be honest, because nothing comes close to this weird shit yeah but before I jump into any of the adaptations, do you have any like closing remarks for the court um
0: not really, I would agree with you if uh in terms of recommendations, just more of his work, not enough of the uh or at least I haven't seen enough uh people of a Western audience talking about him uh, or his works. They are different, bizarre, surreal, wonderful. uh If you enjoy stock motion, great. He is, is a perfect example of the kind of stock motion that's not smooth, but still really good.
1: You know what I mean? I don't know why it's not done more. Like, I know it's CGI could replicate it easily. If you mm. if it's a time thing, and you, you could just have this janky kind of style, uncanny style for horror. Actually, you know what? There is one film that it really does remind me of. That I really wouldn't be surprised if it took some inspiration. There's a film in Australia. It's Australia or Ireland? No, it's Irish. Uh, it came out called Caveat on Shudder. Mm. Um, that had like a you know the the monkeys with the the symbols that kind of click together where they see something in Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. Had they had like a that kind that kind of idea a, a mouse with a a drum, um, that would use the drum whenever a ghost, or it was implied that whenever a ghost was in the area, um, it was a bit the film was a bit convoluted. They had the same kind of general visual style. I wouldn't be surprised if that took some inspiration from it. I hope it did. Uh, it was fucking creepy in that, actually. It reminded me of The Rabbit. A lot of The Rabbit. That that was a full-on horror film as well. That wasn't for kids in any way. That wasn't fucking advertised for any child. And that the, the fucking... Drummer rat was the most disturbing thing in it, and people praised that for being horrific. So, imagine what the fucking rabbit's like forever around. <laughs> oh, this was delightful, though. Yeah, I said we would touch on a few of the other adaptations, and we've hit the two hour mark. So, it seems as good a time as any to just push in and briefly go over a few of the ones we've seen. Uh, it's not going to be in anywhere. Here anywhere near as much depth. For one, these, I think most of them overlap of the ones we've seen, but there's some that don't quite so much. Um, I'll go over the ones I've seen that you haven't first, I suppose. Uh, and then we can go over some of the ones that overlap. Oh, yeah. I, have, I haven't I have actually seen the uh, first Tim Burton one, so I'll leave that one to you when it comes to it. So you haven't seen the 1903 one, have you? Ready property jump ahead. No, I haven't. Fair enough. So the nineteen oh three one, that's five years after Lewis Carroll's death. I uh, can't, can't remember now who the director was. It's nine minutes long. Like nine minutes three nine nine oh three. It's on YouTube in full. It's obviously for sound and colour, you've got you know, all black and white, all silent, you've got the the classic kind of silent movie, um posters that kind of come up before each and every scene describing what's about to happen and then they act it out physically. Mm. I mean, it's so far back that you've literally got on the the two sides of the screen the whole uh kind of dissolve effect that you had with old timey cameras the the kind of like looks like acids eating away at a piece of page you know on either side yeah. these brown fucking things literally it's got that in it. Um it finishes on uh, the the Queen of Hearts is played by a woman who's marching along, in like a little card costume, with her head sticking out, uh, and her body just sticking out either end of it. And then the the soldiers are played by little children in just like the fucking cutest tiny little card outfits ever, like little nine year old, six year old kids, they're just marching along. Alice herself is played by like a twenty something, late twenties yeah. uh girl, which I don't blame them at all. It's the fucking... Not even the fucking tens. Anyone who could have seen this is now dead, I think. Even the fucking oldest person alive, they're now dead. No one is alive who could have ever fucking seen this when it came out, so I don't blame them for bringing a fucking 20-year-old in. But it's good. It's genuinely, for the time, impressive. Um, I can't say good, because fuck, it's from 1903. But for the time, very impressive stuff. I'm glad I watched it. Glad I sat down and sit through it. And I'd recommend, just for the sake of history, sit down at some point for ten minutes and just type in Alice 1903 and watch it because why the fuck not? Uh I'll go quickly chronologically. Cary Grant 1933 version. Yeah. It's alright. Didn't really care. And then I think think it's the Disney version of that, isn't it? 51? 55? Yeah, I um, believe so. There are others that I'm going to skip over because there are fucking thousands of them. Yeah. There's quite a few. You know, Hallmark, the card company, did one. Genuinely. Yes. It, like a sarcastic British style. The, I, saw okay. a, I saw a clip, a couple of clips, and I fucking hated it. Could to stand it? Um, I've, there's Kate Beckinsale's been in one as well. Whoopi Goldberg's been in one. So I know the place there's one with Ian Holm as well. who plays Bishop from Alien. Um, in 1975. But yeah, the the 50s Disney version we touched on it a lot anyway. In comparison to the 88 version, uh, I I thought it had said at the start I thought I hated it. I really did. I had it in my head that it was mediocre, like five out of ten, four out of ten, trash. I actually really enjoyed it when I was rewatching it um, to go back over. Not really as a Wonderland film, just as a, a general hero's journey with interesting visual points occasionally.
0: Yeah, it's 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 one of those that is good. It like it piqued my interest for Alice in Wonderland, um, as it was the first thing Alice in Wonderland film I watched, and then of course I read the books. Which I was like oh this is this is not this is not the the same
1: <laughs> no it, it lacks and, the uh, wit, I suppose of the books is the problem. It's got everything else, it just lacks the the edge, certainly in the writing. It doesn't have any jokes, really,
0: not really, it's mainly just giving visual keys to the poetry, um do least some of the poetry and the songs um it's it's definitely Disney, if that makes sense.
1: Fifties Disney. Yeah, it's it's Well I don't know if it's controversial to say, but Fifties Disney was abysmal. Fucking boring and shit. Sleeping Beauty is a terrible film. Rubbish. Yes, yeah, I'd C- agree with that. Cinderella. The sequels are good. Cinderella genuinely. Surprisingly decent, yeah. Surprisingly good. The original Cinderella, fucking awful. It's so boring. boring. Put me to fucking sleep. You want good Disney, you have to leapfrog all the way to the 90s. Or ignore their, um. what is it, is it Tombstone or Touchstone productions they've got? Is there uh, adult Side, so nothing gets put into the Disney brand that's not family friendly. If you go for that stuff, they've released some really good stuff. Did you know about that? They got have got like the Studio they set up that has nothing to do with the Disney brand. They own it, but it's it's to release like adult films on. Um, so it doesn't hurt hurt the Mickey Mouse brand. Interesting kind of bit of history on that. Um, I know
0: Tombstone.
1: I know Tombstone. There's a Touchstone film, you know, the Val Kilmer uh, cowboy film. It's a lot of stuff you wouldn't expect and huh. nothing to do with Disney whatsoever. It's as far shot from it as possible. Some really good stuff though. Uh, yeah. The, the the 50s Disney version just a bit. Mm. I, I don't like the design of the Red Queen at all. Uh, Caterpillar was fine. Cheshire Cat was good actually. No, that is That is iconic. Uh, the design they built in for that, and that's been taken up, I think, by pretty much every interpretation now.
0: Yeah, the Cheshire Cat, the Mad
1: Hatter scenes—they're oh, yeah.
0: definitely the highlights of the Disney.
1: Yeah, I mean the the Mad Hatter—that's become iconic as well. That's just what the Mad Hatter is now. Um, certainly, I'm thinking to the design that they have for the the Arkham games for Batman as well. That's yeah, pretty much the same. But yeah, like hmm. 5 out of 10, 4 out of 10. The Disney version. Yeah, 6, probably 6. No, some, I'd say higher. It,
0: it, I am quite biased against it, I will say. Or for it, I will say. Um, like It's one of my particular favourite Disney films. So I would not give it a
1: 5 or a 6. I feel that's so again. I'm biased, so. it's not that media it, it's better than all the shit in the 50s, 60s, probably like 7 it's, it's better than fucking Sleeping Beauty for context, I may be a little biased here uh, listeners, last night uh, <laughs> I had to sit through a modern dance interpretation of Sleeping Beauty for a friend of mine who's doing dance for two and a half hours and um, how do I put this I sympathise with the uh, priest from Footloose. That's that's how I'll fucking put this. I wish he won. Jesus Christ! Ah, oh, pole dancer now, fucking impressive. Give it to him. Why you pick Sleeping Beauty for pole dancer? Fucking the least adept. One of the least, just sliding down, sleeping at the bottom. Like oh, yeah, like six out of ten. If you push it higher, I don't blame you. To be honest, because it's it's very functional. The film, it's very good. I think it's got a, it's a decent sandwich. It's just lacking the the ketchup. It's lacking the the hit, the extra punch to it that it really needs to get over the hill and be something really good. Um, like yeah, if, the visuals. If of... I
0: watched it
1: again with our
0: nostalgia eyes you're probably right, but because it was like my Kickstarter for my love of animation, Alice in Wonderland, and but just, yeah, animation and Alice in Wonderland, uh, and poetry, that was another one, it would definitely be a lot higher, but without nostalgia, you're probably right. Yeah.
1: Just for me. It says a lot that it's able to create that nostalgia in the first place itself to hold on to that kind of ideal. Um, Talking about Disney, might as well touch on that now before we touch on the last one. Uh, The Tim Burton verse. So Tim Burton famously does a very bad job when he's a hired director and it's not something he really wants to do. I've never really thought Tim Burton was that amazing to be honest. Scissorhands I, I don't like. At all. Edward is one of the best films ever made. To be fair. Edward is brilliant. Edward is I love, absolutely brilliant.
0: Uh, I love his
1: animation films. Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, did he. Corpse Bride? Is yep, that him? Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride's good.
0: I'm trying to think of what other oh, stuff he's done. What was the other one? There's another one. Young Frankenstein? Was that him?
1: Well, it wouldn't have been Young Frankenstein, but. It wasn't, no, it's not Paranormal. Was it Frankenweenie? The Dog Frankenstein. I'm trying to remember what it fucking was. But either way, he's done a lot of decent animation stuff. Um, Yeah. But this is one of his live action remakes.
0: Every time he's done a remake, it's been terrible.
1: I don't know if it's just a lack of passion placed in there, which I don't know why. He does
0: fine when it's his own projects.
1: Alice in Wonderland can be your own project, more or less. You've you've got a framework, and then you can go nuts. You need to go nuts. Just have fun with it.
0: Yeah, but we, we also need to take into account it was Disney and how yeah. much control did he actually
1: have. Oh, that's that's the other side of things.
0: This honestly fucking Tim Burton's is one of the more tame it's just Telling the story it's, and not very interestingly either.
1: It's more tame than the um, than the Disney '50s version. Genuinely, after having rewatched it, uh, the the Tim Burton ones. People keep coming up with like, oh Tweedledum and Tweedledee, and the the heads in the the heads in the the drink were fucking stupid. The dumb idea, having her Silly. jump up. It's so. It's not queer, it's just not queer, it's not the same tone that you need to go for.
0: It's not even like grotesque, it's just like, this is, like I used to dislike them, right, because obviously beforehand one of my favourite films was Alice in Wonderland, a Disney film. Bright, colourful songs, that kind of thing. So when the Tim Burton films came out, everything was dark, everything was black, and everything was just gloomy, you know. So I was just like, "Why would they do that?" But now, after watching, after discovering Alice, and Alice being my favorite Alice in Wonderland film, it's not the fact that it's dark. It's fuck me, Alice, and Alice is dark. <laughs> It's the fact that it's boring.
1: Yeah. No, it's just tedious.
0: It's. There's no. Like, there's no imagination to it. They just took the original descriptions and made it goth.
1: Yeah. Took the original descriptions, had them buy clothes from fucking iHot, and then uh, Hot Topic, then threw them out there. Show to the world and quite rightly it's been lambasted um you want to do that right to go goff alice in wonderland to to any extent and i i haven't played the games full disclosure i have watched short films they put out but there was a couple games that were put out that i i've heard are very highly praised third person like platform things the alice return to madness uh, They're yes. about 2010, 2009. I've seen some gameplay at some point here and there. And uh, they do the interesting. Uh,
0: a third person shooter action platformer, very of its time.
1: <laughs> it looked like psychonauts to me.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a bit of that
1: as well. The two bits I saw are two short films one called Oppenheimer and one uh Jules Verne. Where Alice goes into the mind of Jules Verne and Oppenheimer. In Oppenheimer, she battles him basically. Um, mm. She gets taken by monkey Valkyries and thrown before God, and God tells her to get back her horseshoe. She gives God the horseshoe, and God tries to strike her. That it's fucking weird. It it jumps between yeah. After yeah, it's only like nine minutes, six minutes, all on YouTube. Uh, all very good stuff. The Jules Verne one is kind of a conversation back and forth. Alice in the games, I'm presuming, because she is in the shorts, is um older for one. She's you know yes. nineteen twenty um, in an asylum.
0: Yes, in a uh, uh, insane asylum.
1: Before I gather it's more a coping mechanism to go into the world of Wonderland than it is uh an escape possibly not i might um, be uh, i might be misjudging that misassuming
0: it's a bit more matched in the could be real could be all in her imagination kind of thing which is fine don't actually have a problem with it um but it's got it's a lot more darker in tone than uh, the regular alice wonderland even alice i mean the reason why she wants to escape is very dark
1: I'd f- escaping a fucking asylum in 1800s. It's, you don't really need a reason. I don't think you don't need anything uh, concrete They're fucking horrific. Electrotherapy uh, and shit. Like trepidation. I was talking earlier about Alice having a hole in her head. Fucking nothing. That's your standard stethoscope against the stomach for the 1800 witch doctors and shit. Barber surgeons and leech bloodletting nutters the kinds of people you go into their office and they don't start talking about the four humours you call them quacks terrifying and yeah from what i've seen and i can't say for certain but the two shorts are certainly good and if you want like really horrific alice in wonderland stuff gothic stuff don't go for the burton stuff go for those What's yeah another? it's
0: a lot more it's a very dark very uh quite gory actually um Version of Alice in Wonderland, quite good. I like them.
1: Yeah, Not enough. the best in the world, but yeah, they do what they do. Quite good. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, Beckinsale version in nineteen something, nineteen ninety something is through the looking glass. That's actually fairly um faithful, from what I've heard. I've seen images of it here and there. It's got Whoopi Goldberg in it and Ben Kingsley as well, because everyone has to touch on Alice in Wonderland at some point or another. You know, I only just found out. I was, I was looking through the Tim Burton stuff. It's got Paul Whitehouse as the March Hare in it. That's a fucking waste. Paul Whitehouse Is and Paul that Whitehouse stuff. Again? Um, one of Bob Mortimer's Bob Mortimer's mates. He, oh, uh, all right. He used to do the Fast Show from the back in the nineties. I think 80s years ago with uh, Vic um, Vic Mara Reeves. Really? Uh, Vic Reeves. Sorry, Vic Reeves. yep the last one. At least I want to touch on. Oof. The concept, what I'd done, I, I'd seen the 88 version, and I uh, went onto one of the discords I'm on, onto the, the horror, I think, Reddit, like the, the horror Reddit discord. And I said, you know, I, I saw um, Alice in Wonderland 88, uh, I'm doing a thing for this. Uh, does anyone know any other Alice in Wonderland stuff? And I had someone send me a message, just some random guy, say, yeah, I've got one, I can't really post it in here though. I don't know if the link will get deleted, you know. Sent it through to me. And then he sent it through and I saw the link, XX Hamsters. Alice Wonderland71, a musical porno. <laughs> I didn't know it was in 71. Yeah. Fucking
0: 1970.
1: for 1971 I've gotta say, it's ahead of its time. I'll be honest, I've seen films with worse acting, worse cinematography, yeah. worse sound. <laughs>
0: Effort was put in,
1: a lot, a lot of fucking effort was put into this shit. So yeah, we both watched it all the way through, right? Yeah, I couldn't take. I couldn't like.
0: It wasn't even because of porn aspect. It was just the morbid curiosity.
1: Oh yeah, like if if you need someone to jack off to, don't use this. It's, and you could do it. You could do it. It'd be difficult. It's it's fucking hilarious. It's like an hour and a half. <laughs> it's like a full feature length. It's a hard watch. <laughs> Whereas, actually, no. I actually, it's a very soft watch. It's a very flaccid watch. kind of just about get through even the musical segments of which there are many that don't have any nudity. I know I sound like I'm complaining about that. I'm not really. I'm just more bewildered. <laughs> that there's a porno out there that has five minute segments of Alice singing to herself that I've not really done anything in the world. I need to go and shine and see new things. Nothing really for the the, the particular audience it's aimed at. It this feels like either someone like a director who's been commissioned by ex-hamsters has been taught has asked, oh I really want to do an Alice in Wonderland film and they've said, yeah, you can, as long as you do it with a little bit of a porn lens. I
0: was thinking, it does seem like someone wanted to do an Alice in Wonderland musical, however, like, Like, when she's older and, like, that kind of thing. They could only get funding from porn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, like, over the course of, like, several months, the only way he got funding for the film. Because it does seem like just like a film with fucking in it, rather than a porn film with a bit of plot.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, it's ninety percent Alice in Wonderland, ten percent porno. Or was the,
0: or was it just like all seventies film, all seventies like full length porn films like that?
1: I'm not, i I'm not gonna fucking find out. <laughs> I would be delighted if every fucking porno from the seventies was some obscure public domain. Obscure some public domain literature, fucking some Charles Dickens Christmas Carol stuff. It's just a <laughs> Christmas Carol for most of the runtime, and then the last four minutes is hardcore pornography. <laughs> oh, fucking amazing! Uh, I did the, the favorite musical element personally for me was the the last one in like the last ten minutes with the judge. And the rest of the court, it actually sounds pretty decent for the 70s. I can't lie, they're desynchronised well. The singing's good. can't believe i fucking saying this.
0: <laughs> so what would you give it? Like a uh, know, 7 out of 10?
1: Genuinely, like a 6? It, it's, le- it's, it's lower than the fucking Disney one. I can't with good conscience put this above that. <laughs>
0: it's
1: better than the Tim Burton lot no fucking doubt about it. I have a lot more respect for it than a good chunk of the adaptations out there, to be honest. From what I've seen of a lot of the others, just the generic, let's directly adapt. You've got to give it to that. They didn't fucking just directly adapt Alice in Wonderland in. (laughs) They added their own fucking spin on it. (laughs) Where would you put it then? Fucking out of ten?
0: I laughed a lot. Honestly. Laughed a lot. Alice was kind of hot in it. <laughs> Seven out of ten.
1: Yeah, um, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't wait to it. Though. You know, weirdly, I think it'd probably be easier to get the DVD for this than half the other Alice in Wonderland adaptations out there. This is probably far more accessible than most of the others. This one's been saved for time. And memorial. Jesus, imagine if this is the only adaptation to survive years to come. What people will think of us. Probably the right fucking inter- interpretation, to be fair. To immortalise our society, the porn version. That's pretty fucking atypical. That's not atypical. Pretty typical. A little mirror. The fucking degenerates we all are. Cornerstone of today's society. <laughs> it's the only one with a fucking moral as well. Of all the Alice in Wonderland's I watched, this is the only one that has a definite, concrete moral. Why the fucking porn version decided they needed to hit in an arbitrary fucking thing for people to learn, to take from their porno? And a very Alice in Wonderland moral, to be fair to them, just have fun with the world. (laughs) Just get out there, see fucking sights, do things, do people. people. In this case, at least. Oh it's fucking weird. The the wacky world of Alice in Wonderland interpretations. Actually the only other thing I did want to definitely touch on, um, before we jump out, is uh musical interpretations. It's that that's one of my favourite personal points. Uh some awful fucking songs for Alice in Wonderland. Some absolutely dreadful stuff out there. Uh Aerosmith, terrible song. Is it's too well structured? It's it's got a very, very simple verse, chorus, verse, chorus bridge finish to it bizarrely, why the fuck you do that with Alice in Wonderland, Uh, the Avril Lavigne version, Alice, terrible fucking miserable same problem, Tom Watts did a decent like blues style thing that just sounds pretty good Um, but the classic one of my favourite albums ever made, it's my top Mm. five surrealistic pillow which has I somebody to love on it as well which is an absolute classic. Um, three, three to five seconds. And, of course, White Rabbit by uh, Jefferson Airplane. Uh, absolute classic. Scene in one of my favourite films of all time. And possibly my favourite book in the minute, uh, Fear and Loving in Las Vegas. as Someone's trying to yeah. shove a bath in the. Which, in itself, Fear and Loving in Las Vegas is wrote like a dream. Kind of a fugue state. Through drugs in this case, which... I wouldn't be surprised if that's where some of the interpretations between um, the drugs and Alice in Wonderland originally came from. Is *Fair and Loving* was a massively popular book in the '70s? Probably not. Mm. Might have been popularized further through that. Wouldn't be. Maybe that's me uh, fanboying Hunter S. Thompson too much. It was a big book. Are there are worse things to fanboy over. Yeah. Possibly not. There aren't many worse things to emulate. I don't know, the porn version of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> really. The Tim Burton version of Alice in Wonderland. At least Hunter S. Thompson yeah. and the porn version were fun. At least the
0: porn version wasn't boring.
1: Yeah, uh, White Rabbit. Fucking brilliant song. That that's, yeah. that's how you interpret Alice in Wonderland in song form. Something that has no structure to it whatsoever. That just <laughs> continues to build up and build up and then ends. Perfect. It's like two minutes long and keeps repeating itself. Has no real discernible lyrics beyond a couple of events that happen in Alice in Wonderland. No um, proper understanding of what the fuck's going on during it. It's just great. That that I give a, a proper like solid nine out of ten. I think that's one of the ways to interpret it. That's probably my second favorite adaptation of the source material, beyond uh, Alice, which. Yeah, obviously, a genuine ten out of ten film for me. One of my favorite films of all time now. Absolute, yeah. absolute classic, brilliant stuff. Definitely my favorite stop motion film ever. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be watching the rest of Jan's stuff. I tell you what, fucking Steph's gonna be ecstatic. He wasn't here for this one though. <laughs> Having to go through that, I could imagine how fucking miserable it'd be. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's pointless as it often is with this show because you're going to get an idea of interpretive of our views, what we're going to uh, decide upon in this section, but i like to do it anyway for a summary in a bit more concrete fashion. If someone happens to just skip to the end and wants to know should I watch the film or not, yes, watch the film. Watch Alice 1988.
0: Watch the fucking film. Yeah. It is beautiful, it is stunning, and it is freaky as shit
1: watch the damn
0: film.
1: Okay, so here's a, a recommendation as well that um, we haven't touched on. Read the book as well. It's a very different experience. Yes. Read the books. They're not just kids' books. I'd argue nowadays they aren't borderline. There's a lot of stuff in there that uh, linguistically is going to be really hard for a kid to get their head around.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a good point.
1: I I, they've, they've moved on. I think to some extent now and pushed into the adult side of things. Um, if you're dyslexic as well, there is a few YouTubers, um, who've done not YouTubers, but on YouTube, there's a few, uh, audio books, absolutely for free. It's all in public domain. Obviously you can find it online. Just Google Alice, uh, the Goten project has the full book online. So you don't have to buy it. It's like 90 pages. Both of them. I got through both the books in like five hours, five and a half hours. So just, yeah, sit down and read them. They're really fucking funny and they're just, they're good all around like 12 chapters each. I think, roughly. Yeah, if that. Yeah, I know the the second book, some of the chapters are really short as well, a few lines. But (laughs) down this fucking rabbit hole, I know I've used that once, but (laughs) hey.
0: Thank you for listening to Kieran's journey of Alice in Wonderland.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Cheers for coming along, and I hope you enjoy them as much as we both did. It's been it's been absolute fun, absolutely great for once. Um. Oh, a couple things. For do jump off and you sign off yourself. Um. I know I talked about other projects that meant that this thing was uh, delayed occasionally, put off. And we missed a couple of weeks. Partially laziness, of course. Standard influx. But other projects did come in the way, and they are now finished. And we are going to be releasing something shortly in 4K online. Yay! A proper thing, mm. a proper film. I will be linking it for you lot first to. Uh, see before I properly release it onto YouTube, anyone listening to this, because why the fuck not? Why not give a reward out for the proper listeners that have been going through to it? That will be linked into either next weeks or the weeks after. Ty's already seen it. Worked on it as well mm-hmm. as an umbrella carrier. <laughs> uh, Moral support, I like to call myself. Always. Up you out. And over the next couple weeks, um Doing a couple standard a couple standard franchise films, I think. And at some point uh gonna do a, a little almost the same kind of thing, something off uh, off brand, is that I've really wanted to do for a while. We're either gonna jump into um human centipede or August Underground and just talk a little bit about violence and gore porn in films. At some point. That that will be soon. I've really wanted to do that for a while. Um fucking send yeah. us an email if you want. If you've got a preference, listeners, or Ty if you've got a preference of course, you're gonna to have to fucking watch them. <laughs> Not all of them. Yeah, far like, far?
0: Send us uh send us a comment, um if you enjoyed this more slightly shorter singular film format. That's just going off on one.
1: Uh, yeah either way have a good one and uh, see you next time
0: have a good one bye bye